Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, and welcome to episode 47 of Unmuted. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the audio. Uh, it, uh, it means the world to me. Today is uh, is a very special day. We're, we're three episodes away from 50, which uh, is mind-boggling. Uh, as you know, as uh, most of you know, uh, episode 50 has kind of been my... Um, my milestone, my big light at the end of the tunnel. That's the thing that I wanted to reach. And I cannot believe that it's happening this Saturday. Episode 50 is this Saturday. Um, and if you're listening to this, uh, not not on the same day that it's been recorded, it's um, episode 50 is, is on the 25th of July, uh, which, is, uh, which seems crazy because we started this podcast in April. Um, uh, uh, late March, early April, and uh, and we've we've been churning out you know three episodes a week for a while, and uh, it's very very exciting to have hit or almost uh, at episode fifty right now. Um, what's going to happen after episode fifty is uh, is we're going to do um, I'm going to take a little break. We're going to do a two week break period. Uh, until um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just take a little break and then we'll resume with episode fifty-one uh, three times a week as planned. We currently have up until episode seventy-five already booked, um, which is also crazy. Uh, another fifteen episodes after that, uh, but um, but let's see, let's see if if it can go. Maybe we can get uh, up to a hundred if. If we can get, um, you know, grow the Patreon, grow the tribe a little bit, uh, get a little bit, uh, maybe a couple of more sponsors or something like that, we can uh, we can keep pushing forward and and uh, keep uh, having conversations with interesting people from around the world. Um, it's been um, it's been a very very interesting ride, that's for sure. And a shout out to each and every single patron uh, that is currently. Uh, on 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 the Patreon page supporting the show, um, you guys are the the reason this has been able to go on as as long as it has, and for us to to reach this uh, this massive milestone of um, fifty episodes. So I'm um, I'm gonna stop babbling and um, I'm gonna introduce my guest for for episode uh, forty seven. Uh, my guest is Marco. You guys know him from uh, Moto. The, the coolest baddest place in uh, in Dubai. Um, it's a, a, a clusterfuck of different things: um, a barbershop, a coffee shop. It's a, a bike shop, a workshop. Um, it's an art gallery at the same time. There's a bunch of different things. But um, let's hit the intro and have a conversation about Moto. Marco, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How's it going? Oh, look at the comments. They're, they're all over the place. Why is that happening? Thomas is in the house. What's up, Thomas? Shout out uh, to Thomas and Connie. Thank hey, you for Thomas. tuning in. Um, just trying to figure out why the comments are being super strange. But um, we, can, we can fix that later. That's okay, right? All right. You guys, you guys, will, uh, you guys are okay with the comments uh, being, weird, being weird on screen? Actually, you know what? I'm just going to turn it off. Anyway, how's it going, man? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. It's, um, you know what? You're the first guest where, uh, 
As soon as I announced it, people were like, how the fuck did you get Marco to agree to this? Oh, shut up. Yeah, I swear shut to God. Up. Everyone was like, how did you do that? Because uh, you're super uh, super mysterious to a lot of people. Okay, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, Katie saying, looking fly, Marco. Shout out to Katie. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Marcella's in the house. She says, Marco for president. Yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I gave, you, I, uh, I gave you a little intro before the intro. Um, but I didn't really do it justice. But just in your own words, how would you introduce yourself to someone? It's a pretty simple thing. I'm, I'm Marco from Germany. That's pretty much it. Marco from Germany, yeah. living in Dubai. Living in Dubai since 16 years now. Uh, 16 years is a fucking long time. 16 years, yeah. I came here for a small job, like three, four months was the idea. Mm-hmm. And now it's been nearly 16 years. You know how many people... Honestly, how many people? Uh, there's 47 episodes of this thing. How many people have started their like Dubai life journey by coming here for like a short period of time? Oh, it's only supposed to be there yeah. for six months. Ten years down the line, sixteen years down the line. I think because Dubai is quite an amazing place, so you cannot just go back home. You think so? Yeah. What What was the first thing that? Uh, well, first of all, what was the job? What were you doing back then? I was fitting kitchens back in the day. Uh, Frank, you met Frank. I don't think so. Like a friend and business partner, we came here to build um, Emirates Palace mm-hmm. in Abu Dhabi. We did all the custom fabrication, stainless steel, basically. And that took two and a half years. Yeah. We kind of just stayed. New opportunities, new jobs. Back in the day, 2004, 2005, there was a lot of money mm-hmm. pumped into the tourism and the hotels. Yeah. We had a lot of business. Good times. A lot of work, but good money as well did you did you come here with uh, with any knowledge of, of Dubai or or what it was uh, no when you were not German? really M- Middle East was not a not a place it wasn't famous for for holiday for, for anything nice <laughs> especially back then I didn't know much yeah but I yeah I fell in love with Abu Dhabi back then I was in Abu Dhabi to 2007 and then 2007 I came here to Dubai I didn't like it much mm-hmm. but I got used to it the work was good yeah and then I kind of got used to it and now just want to stay a little longer it's a good place to be so let's uh, let's I'll, I'll jump in the comments but I want to take it back pre even coming here pre yeah, pre moving to uh, to the UAE um, Marcel is asking you drinking coffee I am drinking water I'm drinking coffee uh, Safe is in the house. What's up, Safe? He says, yo, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, Vivian. Hey, Marco, watching from hey, the Vivian. UK. Yeah. Jane is also in the house. She says, uh, hi, Marco, from uh, Menon and Jane. Shout out to you Menno. guys. Thank you guys uh, for, for tuning in. Um, Connie is in the house. Hi, guys. What's up, Connie? Uh, Sandy, yep, that happened to me. I came back in 2012. I said I was going to be here for one year. 2020, I'm still here. Uh, yeah, Judy says a two-year contract, and I stayed nine years. A place your heart stays, even if your body doesn't. Um, yeah, sh- they, honestly, a lot of people are. Being- Lots of people come come here and want to make some money and, and go home. Let's say one or two years. Yeah, make the money, save it, and go back. But there's something about Dubai. You just stay. Dubai makes you feel comfortable. Everybody's complaining. Expats in particular. Everybody's like, oh, Dubai this, Dubai that. But everybody stays. Yeah. There's a good reason to stay. Yeah. I'm always curious about the people that complain. Um, 
about about especially like the uh, the restrictions let's say within within the country yeah but i hear restrictions like oh you cannot even have sex at the beach you know nowhere you can do that <laughs> you're not supposed to do you know <laughs> everybody's complaining but nobody goes back home uh, dubai is one of the most beautiful cities in the world i definitely say that yeah and um makes you feel comfortable everything is perfect the roads are perfect everything is perfectly signed and everything kind of spoils you a little bit yeah every second household has a has a maid yeah i mean back in england or in germany i don't know anyone in germany who can afford a maid yeah but little things like that i think spoil the people here so let's let's talk about germany what was uh, what was marco like free dubai what were you uh, before the big uh, job here what were you up to in germany I did a lot of things. I'm a, I have a bachelor in electrical engineering. Did that for a year. Really sucked at it. Okay. I joined the army instead. It was more fun for for about four years. And then I retired from the army to get married. That lasted six months. And that's when I actually started uh, doing anything and everything just to survive. To I had probably I don't know twenty different jobs in a year. Was it all uh, just uh, electrical engineering? No, not or? at all. I, I suck at uh, electrical engineering. I'm I really I'm really bad at it. So I did I don't know all kinds of things. I was working for a security company. I was working for a light company, rock and roll stage and uh, kitchens. So a lot of things mm-hmm. to, to to make money. And then, and then you and uh, your business partner yeah, started working on that stuff. Yeah, he, I took him to events like exhibitions or uh, shows. He took me to kitchen uh, sites. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't know anything about kitchen, so he actually hired me to help him like unload the truck. You know, that's how it started. I would carry stuff around. Yeah, I would, I would put uh, kitchen equipment. He would weld it and then finish it. I didn't know much, but I learned a lot from him. Everything I know today and everything I do, welding and, and all this metal work, I actually know through him. So wow. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for him. Also, the the woodwork. So on, a, on the weekends, we would not sit at home. We just we had a little workshop. He had a little workshop, so we would go there and build something. Yeah, it was always working with our hands, and by chance. We went with an idea. We went to approach a company, and that company said, "Like, since you're here, we have a little project in Abu Dhabi. Would you like to go there and build the kitchen?" He was like, "Yeah." So in Germany, I was like independent, self-employed. Mm-hmm. I would be working about three weeks a month, mm-hmm. good money, and they offered us to be paid a month. Yeah, yeah, entire four weeks. So that was awesome paradise. Yeah, and then yeah. It, Took us two and a half years to finish that entire project, so it was amazing. And yeah, we kind of stayed back because of lots of new, new projects. So we made a lot of money, lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It was like up and down, up and down. I was just gonna say because this is pre the the massive uh, recession. Yeah, yeah, it was before two thousand and eight. But you so were still around. By two thousand eight, I was lucky enough. I I uh, got a job. I was employed by a German company. So they hired me as a German, a German, a, a Western-looking man in a suit. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing suit for about ten years. I want to see photos of this, yeah. guys. We need photographic evidence of Marco in a suit. So I was a technical director for his company, and I was traveling 
Middle East, a bit of Africa. Uh, good times, but I got pretty tired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you work for a company. Uh, you're not being yourself. It was good to live here in Dubai. I had a good car. I had a nice house, motorcycles. So I had everything. But it was tiring. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like... Uh you're you're for like putting on a mask like it was it just definitely wasn't you or because i know a lot of people that know how to split their personality like they can be a hundred percent business during the day and then completely okay shedding that and and being themselves at night i've been myself pretty much i've been myself but uh it doesn't help you in a corporate world yeah being yourself you gotta have to learn how to shut up you don't say use the right vocabulary yeah yeah you don't you don't, you don't say your opinion yeah like you work with someone and this guy's a crook but you cannot make him feel like you know you just have to be nice to him because yeah you're representing something that's not yours yeah yeah 100 percent um yeah i've i've actually never i've never had a nine to five uh since high school um i've been outsourced or for long periods of time uh, to, to certain offices and stuff in, in terms of production. But I've never done a, a proper nine to five since high school. Um, and that last job was, uh, well, it wasn't even high school, it was middle school. I was handing out flyers at the mall. And uh, that was like the this strict schedule. But since then, I've just been trying to, you know, <laughs> weasel my way through life, <laughs> try to try to try to freelance and try to try to do all these um, off the grid kind of jobs. Crazy. But I, uh, I can't even imagine like a, you know, nine to five suit stuff. And I, I completely get everyone. Everyone goes through that and stuff. It's just an, an experience that I missed out on somehow. It's an experience. It's not the best experience, but it is one. But I was lucky. I was. I did travel a lot. Yeah. Let's say it was two weeks. I was in Dubai, and two weeks I was out. The entire Middle East of three days here, two days there. Yeah. So it was good for a change. But then after nine years traveling, you've seen it all, and you kind of get bored. And airports. In the, in the beginning, it's really exciting. You know, you get the airport, and then the airport again and again. You're missing out on a lot of stuff when you travel. Yeah. In the beginning, it's really awesome, and then you feel free, and then you get to see stuff. But then you look, oh shit! That's next weekend. There's something going on. I that cannot, I can't be. Yeah, I can't of. be there, and then I have to travel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanna I wanna ask the guys, uh, everyone in the in the comments, if um, if you've had that that w- any any kind of job that you you thought was. Uh, was very beneficial for you at the time but like you just you just lost it um and i'm also adding a questions hole you guys know about the questions hole here um just for for anyone that has um has any questions stick them in the the questions hole so we can uh, throw them up on screen uh i need to change the title of of what i what i call the questions box i should just say questions box right Questions hole sounds weird. But is it a box? It, it 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 has a hole. You have to type in the hole. That's that's how I think of it. <laughs> um, uh, Prashant is in the house. Hey Marco, how are you, man? It's been a long time, Prashant. And Marcella's saying, "Stay, stay, Marco." Uh, Wadia is in the house. Hi, Marco. Hi, Adnan. What is up, Wadia? Thank you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. 
And with Jiha, uh, Adnan, your mic has echo slash feedback. Okay. Uh, let me check how that how that fix that. Um, I'll give that a shot. Let me know if uh, if it's better now. Fifteen. Okay. Let me know if it's better now. And uh, maybe if I just turn Marco down and we get the mic closer to you a little bit. That'll be good. Cool. Uh, would you let me know if that's better? Um, uh, Marcel is saying, I want to see photos uh, of you in a suit as well and without. <laughs> okay. Uh, Judy saying, I hear it too. Okay, let me know if it's if it's better now, guys. Hi, um, Antje. Antje is saying, hello, Marco. From Germany, uh, yeah. I can't read the German part, but you can. Uh, what does that say? Just mm. greetings, greetings from, oh, from Germany. Greetings from Germany, cool. Um, and Khal Tamim saying, uh, Marco, give me a freak steak. And Rez saying, yeah, better now. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, so let's, uh, I want to dive into uh, to Moto. And for those of you that don't know, I'm going to throw up a, a little slideshow of, of this place. Um, but I, I'm not doing it justice by saying it's, it's, a, it's a coffee shop that has a barbershop, that has a workshop. There's an art gallery, like there's so many things that Moto is. But how how would you describe it to someone if if you were describing it for the first time? Mm, I would call it Dubai's mostest place in the world. Mostest place? Yeah. That's amazing. I like that. <laughs> no, Dubai is a place where everybody is the biggest and the first and there's always something uh, so special about them. I think yeah. I think this is it's a it's a humble place. It's a simple place but with different things in it different things to discover so you come there three times every time you you can see something new and it was not planned like this it's not a design place it's not a theme it's not a concept it's it's just it grew to what it is today because we have been there every day because of the people we have been working with so, so what, I cannot what, what was what did it start as what was moto it started with like Frank uh, Frank and I we, we used to watch these shows in America where they you know they buy cars make them up and then sell them oh like a, a restoration yeah restoration yeah. so Frank is um, he's a car mechanic by, by trade and I said just joking you know let's do this Let, let's let's quit our jobs let's get a warehouse get cars in build them up and uh, that was just joking around and then we also said like a little bistro or something we can have something to eat something to drink and then a few weeks later so frank is still in the kitchen industry so a few weeks later he said like dude i have a fridge i have a massive industrial fridge where do you want it so yeah. what do you mean he's like i thought we were gonna do this so seriously so he actually pushed it to 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 get started to me it was just nice fantasy nice talk and then then we had that fridge and within a couple of days we found the warehouse we were in here and we just took it without thinking without planning so we just took it we get the first check just to save it mm -hmm. then it took about six months till we got started so you, had a, you had an empty warehouse and an industrial-sized fridge. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the idea was um, there was the old Royal Enfield um, 
dealer. They were nearby. Mm -hmm. So I had a good relation with Royal Enfield. So I used to work on Royal Enfields. And the idea was maybe they can work on the engines. Mm -hmm. And I do cosmetics and uh, customizing. So what the... The owner of Roland Field, that, that uh, dealer, he passed away, so that just didn't happen. But anyway, we had that warehouse now, and then we started putting containers in, which is our workshop now. And then, yeah, I kind of had to, I had to quit. You know, in the beginning, you want to do it on the side, you know, in the afternoon, yeah. the evenings. You still have the safety net. Yeah, but I had to let it go. So I just quit without the plan. We still didn't have a plan how it's going to be. They sent me to Egypt for another week, so that uh, I came back and said, I can't do this. But I quit, and since that, I'm there every day, every day in the same place. Is there a baby crying in the background? There is. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. The neighbors. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a baby crying in the background. It's either it's either uh, our kid or our neighbor's kid, but we'll figure it out. I think Todd is on it. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so did, so you guys went down on, like, you, you have this warehouse, but there's, there's no concept of, of the, the motor that is now, right? There's, no, not at all. It was, it was more, it was like, it was just it, a custom shop, basically. The idea was to, to start on building bikes. So, so back in the day, we had a made room, you know, yeah. typical made room that was my workshop. I started doing engravings and these kind of things. And, and uh, just for those that uh, that aren't in Dubai and don't, uh, or, or just don't know the concept of the made room, uh, villas here typically have an extra room with a, with a door to the outside, for the most part, uh, that that is usually um, reserved as or called the maid's room. So uh, that's uh, it, you, and most people use that as a, either office space or kind of a, a workshop. Yeah, so I couldn't afford a maid, so. Yeah. <laughs> So it was became a workshop, and the front yard was pretty much of a junkyard, like motorcycles, motorcycle parts. And then, yeah, there was a point where I said, we need more space, I need more space. And it all just came together. Yeah. It was, there was no plan, it was just an idea, and we were hoping for more space, and it just happened. Is there, is there any sense of like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? Uh, no, I think because I'm not the smartest, I guess. So if I was smart, I wouldn't have done it. Because it took us two and a half years to actually, from the start, from start building it till, till opening it as a coffee shop, took two and a half years. Wow. So there was no income for two and a half years at all. And you had already quit and yeah, yeah. that was it. And the gratuity, we, I spent it all within a few months. The money was gone. So we had, yeah, some, some money issues in between, but we, ch we just kept going. We didn't give up. But in a time like that, did you um, did you uh, have kind of the the belief, like the the you know what? I believe in this project this much, or was it was it still like I'm just free falling and we'll no, see where this I was, goes? I was free falling, but I, at some point, uh, let's say I didn't always believe it's going to happen. But I was surrounded. I didn't do it myself. So some people say, oh, Marco built this place. It's true, I, I quit and I was there every day, but I had Frank there all the time, his wife. Uh, there's other friends that supported me. I needed wood. Uh, 
Marian, a good friend of ours, he would go with the truck and get us wood. Yeah. So there was always somebody there. I had a question. Not everything I've done in, in the shop, I've learned from mm -hmm. scratch. So I learned it by doing it. There was always somebody and people talking to me or, or like listening to me when I was complaining about how bad everything is. They would say everything is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So you need that. So you had a full support system. Yeah, basically. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it alone. Yeah, I was lucky. Old friends, but I also made a lot of new friends on the way. That's very cool. That's very cool. Uh, I just want to jump into the comments real quick. Uh, would you say gas seems better now? Um, oh, so he didn't say a freak steak. Khaled Tamimi meant a free steak. <laughs> You'll get one. Khaled is the only one who came and he had a steak. And when he finished it, he said, I want another one. <laughs> Shout out to Khaled. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've seen him, I've seen him polish, uh, a lot more food than you think he can, he can hold down. Uh, Alan's in the house. Hey, Marco from UK. What's up? Alan, yeah, thank Alan. you for tuning in. Um, and Marcel says, Marco, uh, what was your first bike? Uh, Royal Enfield 1994. That was about, yeah, 2010 when it all, the idea started about 2010. That is a kid crank. All right. Um, uh, give me two seconds, guys. I'm going to throw up the be right back screen, but, um, but we'll, be, we'll be right back in two seconds. Don't go anywhere. Sorry about that. It was uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's a crazy world having a nine month old kid in the house. Yeah, that's, and that's why I don't have that. Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> you really really need to be sure you want one. <laughs> that's that's all I have to say about that. Um, but uh, I want to dive into to how you got into bikes in the first place and stuff in a bit. But I just want to run through a little more of the comments. As Andy says, um, yes, I've. Uh, I've interned at corporate places and worked as a cabin crew for two years. Traveling around was a lot of fun, but those kind of jobs, you have to follow certain uh, grooming standards. So if I, I felt I couldn't truly be myself, but and now as a makeup artist, I can truly be myself. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm, I mean, uh, I think even like uh, cabin crew, or like even tattoos and stuff is, uh, yeah, well, is cabin very crew is calculated. one of the hardest jobs because you, you cannot be yourself. Yeah. You have to be nice and friendly to everyone you can't have a bad day just be yeah. like dude I don't feel I don't feel like talking to you this guy you have to say yes and amen to everyone who's yeah. your who's sitting in your in your seat yeah I couldn't do that Sandy says I heard the baby crying yeah I know uh, Tara Tara's uh, is on it um, shout out to Mama Tara she's always on it um, Sean is in the house Moto he says uh, uh, Moto's like the Ace Cafe of Dubai. Would love to see. That's that's a compliment. Cafe racers tearing up the streets in order to get to Moto. Um, what's Ace Cafe? Ace Cafe is uh, is a cafe in uh, in London. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really old. It's like a mecca. So it's one of the first yeah coffee shops. Uh, is it this this like kind biker we're, we're, uh, themed? Yeah, it's a. It's not. I wouldn't call it the theme. It's just. It's just real. Mm -hmm. It's just there since forever. So people would hang out there on their motorcycles, but also cars nowadays. But the biker crowd would meet there. Yeah. And that's where 
I would count him in where like cafe racers come from. There were more places like this, but cafe racer they would aim, they would race from one cafe to the other. Wow! So there were lots of cafes, mm -hmm. and then the young kids they would like let's go here, let's go there. Where did and the scene start? This is in London. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's what I know of. Uh, yeah, London in England, basically. I guess it was all over England that the cafe racer scene started. What you That's call cafe cool. racer today comes from racing from cafe to cafe. That's very cool. I didn't know that existed. That's uh, that's very cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig deeper into that. Um, uh, Omar is in the house. Yo, what's up, uh, my people? Marco in the house, uh, and we are all tuned in. Yeah, Omar. Uh, what's up, Omar? Thank you for tuning in. Thomas saying we would like to have uh, we would like to have also a cool motor shop here in Germany in your old hometown Marco in effort yeah Thomas greetings Thomas thank you for tuning in Thomas um, the second one tasted just as awesome as the first one from Khadr Tamimi <laughs> uh, Julian oh my god there is hope for my uh, technophobic yet uh, I'm receiving loud and clear Marco thank you for, for tuning in Julian um, Amr here yeah. uh, saying moto to me is like the home I always needed in my life uh, whereby I get food, good talk, and great friends. And thanks to Marco uh, for uh, thanks for Marco and friends for everything uh, got to do in Moto. I have visited many places around the world, and Moto is, is and will always be the place that gave me uh, and still gives me the great experiences and memories from Omar. Shout thanks, out to Omar. Omar. Thanks, man. Um, so, how how did the, your whole journey with uh, with motorbikes and and uh, and the I want to say a lifestyle because it's not just no, 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 not just a transportation. It's I don't like the word lifestyle because I guess I'm more old-fashioned. But what is it then? Explain. When I was young, I had the chance to get a license. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad never had the money to buy me a moped or anything, so I had my license. I knew how to ride, as so I would ride bikes. My friends had. Mm -hmm. I would have friends with bikes, so they give it to me for a day or for a weekend. So, and that went on till I was in my 20s. And then I didn't ride for 20 years. I did not touch a motorcycle for 20 years. So while you were here? Yeah. Yeah. So a few years back, uh, I had a, I met with an accident. We had a boat accident. So I broke in half, basically. And during the recovery, I was, I was broken physically, but also a bit mentally. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that old Royal Enfield. My old boss's house, in front of the house, there was this old rusted Royal Enfield. So I saw this and I thought, man, I could restore this. Just, you know, in the evenings, in front of the house, just sit there, have a beer, have a cigarette, and scrub it, the rust off. That's how it, the idea started. Yeah. And that took me two and a half years to work on that bike in particular. So I got back into riding, so you, you have to test ride it, and yeah. then I had to find a workshop to help me with engine parts, so I had to ride into town. Then I met uh, bikers, I met uh, guys on motorcycles, and yeah. they they just invited me to come out for a ride on a Friday morning. So I got slowly into it, and then yeah, I started riding to work. I yeah, Doing my old job, I rode up to 3,000 kilometers a month. On an Enfield, yeah. So in the suit, you know. <laughs> I want to see so, photo. I I think everyone deserves to see photos. So of and since since five years, I don't even I don't own a car anymore. So yeah. I ride only. So I got 
into it, but I wouldn't call myself a biker. So people talk to me like, hey, you're a biker because I have tattoos and I wear denim, but I'm just a guy who rides motorcycles. What is a biker to you? Back in the day, people would say, Adnan, or your mom would tell you, don't hang out with that kid, he's a biker. So biker is not a good thing. It used to be not a good thing. It's always connected to, not outlaw, but... Like yep. a gang kind of yeah, mentality? Yeah, like kids or young youngsters that don't fit in mm-hmm. on motorcycles and then they're riding groups. Uh, it was not a positive thing, but today it's it's different. There's a new generation of bikers since eight or ten years. Now I was approached by a woman, yeah, are you a biker? I said, like, no, but my husband is a biker. She was really proud of it. Uh, yeah, he's got five motorcycles. He's so passionate about motorcycles. I don't know. Back in the day, if there was no wife, a biker would not have that life society showed yeah. us. They would have a girlfriend once in a while. Yeah, I uh, think I think especially in a place like Dubai, you like you could be a CEO of Fortune 500 company and ride on the weekends and. Have this completely separate thing. It gets all mixed up with the lifestyle. People live a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So now you're a biker just because you can afford it to buy a bike. That makes you a biker. So the definition of biker for you stems from the 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 old school of where it came from. It came from yeah. There was a group of people. They would hang out, and their connection point was motorcycles, bikes, and they would live this kind of life so the lifestyle is all I don't know I don't don't, what happened to life it's all just a lifestyle people that ride three hours on a weekend so three hours a week yeah they call themselves bikers I don't don't buy it there's nothing wrong with someone who has who has a good job you know and then they have a family they have a wife two kids nice car nice villa they have a hobby or they like motorcycles yeah. but it doesn't make them bikers in my opinion yeah yeah I understand I understand what you mean but the value of the word is just not there anymore yeah 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 I completely get that yeah I never I never um, I never thought about the 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 weight of the origin of the word biker when you, when you have you have people that, that talk about you know their their passion hashtag passion <laughs> Talk about it like you know when I when I hit the road it's just me on the bike it makes me feel free. Mm-hmm. I pity those because I ride because I am free. Yeah. I decide in the morning I take my helmet and I go to work on a bike yeah. rather than in a car. It's not your it's not your time of freedom. It's yeah. That's just the Is way it, you. A lot work. of people now ride motorcycles because it's kind of fun, uh, but they put so much into it because of social media. There's certain quotes to it there's certain images to it and people want to be that guy for a bit for three hours mm-hmm. a week i remember in jordan uh when um what's that show called you guys know what i'm talking about uh sons of anarchy yeah yeah, yeah. when sons of anarchy came out um a, an entire generation of people uh, bought bikes and leather jackets yeah. and uh, and rode and it became a thing in jordan as that show happened like it, it it nothing existed before it and then it became cool and uh, and i remember having a conversation with uh, with a friend of mine who uh, who was who was always had a bike and and just 
road and mm. like transportation for him. It wasn't it wasn't a cool thing. And it was like I fucking hate these guys. <laughs> it was like the the old bikers. Nobody would say about themselves, "I am a biker." Mm -hmm. That was the title you get from someone else. It's like you go around to say, "I'm cool." No. People have to say that about you, <laughs> yeah. you know. By the way, guys, I am cool. Just, uh, <laughs> just in case everyone was wondering. But this is just my opinion. The things, things change. Yeah. Maybe 10, 15 years, something changes, and um, the bad biker image is gone. And now it's someone in skinny jeans, all white sneakers, no socks on whatsoever. They're also called bikers now. Things change. Yeah. Tell me, uh, tell me about the the boat accident. You skimmed over. We used, to, we used to go out on weekends every Friday. We used to go out on boat with some friends uh, in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> and on the way back, one weekend on the way back, there was a like a, a pillar in the water with a light on top. Yeah, yeah. Well, the light didn't work, so the, the captain didn't see it. And I sat in front, and I, I hit that pillow at full speed. Wow. So it was like a, was it a speedboat kind of thing? No, it was not a speedboat, but fast enough to break me in half. So I don't remember anything. I don't but it was just floating in the water in the night. And they came back after a few minutes because they don't realize right away, you know. So I was floating. Oh, so you, you were overboard and they didn't... They didn't yeah, they just they hit the pillar and then continued. There was yeah. like a, oh, what happened? Because the boat is, you know, has a tip in front, yeah, yeah. so it, it doesn't stop you. And yeah, I was floating in the water. I don't remember much, but Frank was in the boat and they came back and he lifted me into the into the boat, saved me. And I was in hospital for a while uh, with a lot of fractures in the back and it wasn't funny. But everything is fine. And then I got this job right after it, actually, right after the accident. And then when I got this motorcycle to, to work on and... I got a fear for riding, so I had also met people that go and ride in India. Mm -hmm. So I would go from here, fly to India, and then go to the Himalayas, you know, ride around. Oh, yeah, mountains. JM did, uh, did one of yeah, those Yeah, yeah, he did yeah. the same thing, yeah. So, and uh, Nelson, the old Enfield dealer, he had a little business in India, and he was really passionate about riding. And he took me there, and he actually, because of him, I know how to ride a motorcycle now. I knew, you know, you ride on the road and you think you're really cool, uh, you know everything. But, but like going up the mountains but to... riding in India, yeah. in the mountains, taught me a huge lesson. Because there were like rivers on the way and stuff yeah, yeah, where you yeah, have yeah. to go through, Water through a bunch of stuff. stuff. Yeah. It's beautiful, it's just an amazing experience. And I got carried away a little bit. So I went more than once, twice and three times. That cost me my second marriage. One of the reasons, I mean, one of the reasons was that I spent more time in the mountains than uh, with my than wife. at home? Yeah. And do you think, do you think the accident contributed in any way to you uh, getting that job? Like you thinking, you know what, I just need to settle down mm, and just get yeah. steady a little bit and stop? The job was, was coincidence, it was by chance. I was lucky. So they took me or gave me the job and I couldn't even walk. So that was that was, and it was a traveling job. Pure, yeah, it was pure luck. Yeah. So, but I healed up, and everything was good. So I was lucky. But a motorcycle itself, I think, after the accident, you know, you you're broken, physically, but mentally. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the 
What's life for? What are you doing here? So riding motorcycles, meeting certain people through riding, isn't isn't yeah an insane journey. You don't see it coming. It changes you a bit. Mm-hmm. I always said this bike saved my life because it gave me something. And uh, again, I met people I wouldn't have met if I didn't ride. Yeah. So, and you are who you are because of the people you meet. I keep saying. So. And you, and yeah, I think. Yeah, that's a great way to, uh, to look at it. I mean, I found out like there's those group rides, right? So I was in a group, and then a few guys, same interests, and it was always good. But I found out for myself, I'm not really good with many people. Like riding out there with many people, never yeah. liked it much. So and then you meet one or two, so you just three guys, and you go the whole weekend camping. So I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, leaving Dubai. You write 45 minutes and then you're somewhere amazing. Completely different, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. So then you, you're out there, you camp, you have a bonfire, like a bottle of port wine or something. And do you feel like uh, since then until now, do you, do you feel like writing is becoming more and more um, kind of uh, normalized? Or, or is it still riders for the riders and and uh no i mean you you go to you go to kuala lumpur everyone rides a motorcycle or a moped you know the countries everybody rides because cheapest way of transportation yeah it's cheaper than a car but that's also why i ride it costs me 10 dirhams a day on gas yeah i had a nissan patrol before and then yeah that's i have a land cruiser and it's stupid like you don't you can't even drive it anymore so a motorcycle is just a way of transportation. You're always cheaper than with a car. You're always the first at a signal. You're always the first to leave the signal. So yeah. basically, you're always the first at work or the first at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is easier. You just get off the bike and walk in. You don't need to park your car. You just get off the bike and you're there. Yeah. The whole concept of riding is just easier. Again, it doesn't make me feel free because the movies suggest so yeah, so we're not going to get a shot of Marco with the with the hair blown in the wind no 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 with no. like you know scorpions playing in the background <laughs> scorpions <laughs> I don't know I thought of German rock no I never liked them they were too they were soft rock I think yeah I, yeah the winds of change yeah, yeah. kind of uh, <laughs> jump into the comments speaking of scorpions um uh how's it where Alan Short is in the house oh Sorry, I clicked something. Um, what's up, Alan? Thank you for for tuning in. What, where was that comment? It's gone. Oh man, we missed a lot of comments. No, you have to go back. Yeah. There we go. Um, hands down, the coolest spot in Dubai. Uh, props to Marco for creating it in Dubai of all places. Thank you, Alan. Um, I agree with Sean. This is from Marcel. I agree with Sean. Let's do it. Uh, Ace Cafe Barcelona closed recently, but wasn't like the one in london um in bcn was too commercial yeah everything uh if you if you if you make a double of it you, it becomes commercial so many places in the world or here in dubai are just commercial the theme the concept that's uh, actually that's a great subject i want to talk to you about that uh, after a couple of the comments just uh being the uh you know the the standing pillar in in a sea of um, franchises, basically. No, and, and a sea of business people. Yeah, that, that, uh, that too. That too. But 
Yeah, let's just go through the comps. I, I, I'd love to have that conversation. Um, Julian says you have to mention the Piston King. Of course, we're going to mention the Piston King. Yeah, the Piston King will be, thanks to Julian, the Piston King will be on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah? There is a, a whole story to the Piston King. That's amazing. Will be up on Wikipedia soon. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. That's another thing we're going to talk Julian. about. Thank you, Julian. Shout out to Julian. Uh, Sean says, uh, what are your future bike projects, Marco? Uh, f- future bike projects. It seems like Tony and I. So Anthony, a friend of mine, you've met Anthony. I think so. So he's a he's a freaking genius. So we work together. Ever since we had the shop, we work together. We met through building bikes. So I met this guy and I went to his house. He had a he had an entire motorcycle on an IKEA chair in his living room. Okay. Yeah. So he's a he's really into motorcycles and uh, he's let's say I'm an electrician mm-hmm. electrical engineer but he's good in electrics you know what I mean yeah <laughs> so I really suck at electrics and I really don't like it but he has passion to to research he understands things let's say easy so he does the smart stuff and I just and I polish up a little bit so we when we build bikes together it's just almost like a relationship you know, you have your strength. Uh, your wife has a strength. You put it together, something amazing comes out. Yeah. So you you so, do the 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 welding and uh, yeah, I do the welding and the, let's say the polishing. So he does. Uh, let's say he cuts twenty seven pieces out of sheet aluminium, and he bends everything. So I just weld it together and I polish it. So this way we work together. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna settle on, on small Harleys. We worked on small, mid-sized bikes together. Mm-hmm. And I think I love the Harleys, the small ones, uh, the Sportsters. Yeah. And he, I think, too. The, that I wished would would be our future, working on small Harleys. Very cool. And it, would that, that would still be under the Moto flag, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do this in our workshop, but it's not so much of a, we don't have a timeline. Yeah. We just build something and the plan is then to sell it. Yeah. So we hardly have customers. Can you build me this? Can you build me that? We want to build something we are capable of, something that comes out of our heads. And then put it on the market. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Abo is in the house. What's up, Abo? Abo. Uh, he says people couldn't afford nice bikes, so they made uh, made them up with bits and pieces. Uh, they begged, stole, and borrowed from friends to make a complete bike. Exactly. Uh, the Ace Cafe is where all the guys, as Marco said, would meet. Uh, it's now a tourist attraction in the UK for bikers to meet. Much love to you guys, Abo. Well, this is this is pretty. Yeah, it's true. The bikes back in the day, people would yeah find something old, yeah. something. Of, of a bike any bike and I would have put it in theirs and just to customize a little bit yeah they would have tape and then tape it onto the tank today everything is like perfect everything is like it's different things change but I think it was more fun back in the day people would enjoy it more mm-hmm. now the one with the most money in his pocket has the m- most amazing motorcycle. I've seen some insane, uh, like the the airbrush yeah, kind yeah. of. Uh, uh, I mean, spray, the, the 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 what's the word? The graffiti-looking uh, stuff. Airbrush, as well. yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, back in the day, it was maybe pinstriping. Today, there's the most insane airbrush uh, techniques. We're talking old days, seventies, uh, which I really like and appreciate. Now you have completely different opportunities or techniques 
to to modify your bike yeah. not just the paint jobs which you, is beautiful but uh, it's it's different to someone saving up and then having a side job to come up with a part or someone who's i don't know a lawyer with a good income and he bikes he buys a ready made perfect bike do uh, you have a uh a preference like if someone comes and says not a preference i don't know what the uh, the term is like the um the creative license do you throw it in when someone comes in and says hey i want something like this and you say you know what that's cool but this is this is going to be cooler i i said from the beginning i said no a lot and that apparently it's offending to people i'm offending people by saying by saying no, no to, yeah. to their ideas Yeah, but you have a workshop. Yeah, but it's not what I do. So let's say they have a big motorcycle, mm-hmm. a big uh, bike, which I never worked with. Let's say it's a new bike with injection. I prefer to work on a small bike with carburetor. I have more feel for it, more experience. But now people say, but you have a workshop. It's like I owe them to work on a bike. Yeah. So they show you a picture of, of a bike online, and I'm supposed to do that now. That's not why I quit my job. Yeah, you know? That's yeah, yeah. not why I quit my old job. We had a good income, but I had to do what somebody told me to do. Yeah. So I quit my job so I can do what I want to do, what comes out of my head. Yeah. And people have a hard time to understand sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I, the only other reference I have is uh, is tattoo artists. I remember ta- when I was talking to Lee. Yeah. He he says you you come to me for my style, and. Uh, Why do you why do you show me a picture from the internet and go yeah. make this on me? It's just you can get anyone to do that. But if you're coming for a custom job, you want me to draw something from scratch and try to make some art on you. Yeah, but this is how you how you make money. Yeah. So somebody comes and shows you a picture, you say, "Yeah, you do it," and now you make your money. That would be the smarter thing to do. Yeah, but you can work in an office. It's the same It's process. Exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we're still saying uh, affording a bike doesn't uh, make you a biker. It's more than that. Uh, I'm saying, what's next for a step for the Moto Cafe? Now we're we'll get into that in in just a bit. Amar, I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll dive deep into into Moto and everything that is Moto in a sec. Uh, Alan uh, French says Alpuz Originals. Uh, Marcelo says uh, loving smell of fuel or burnt oil. Uh, Dark Mountain, looking at the stars next to, uh, next to your bike, uh, seeing sunrise whilst riding. Oh man, so many issues. Oh man, yeah. Um, Mike Angelo's in the house. Uh, what's up, Mike? Thank you for tuning in. He says, I love to ride. It's a choice. I prefer motorcycles over car. As some people say, it's uh, safer in a car. I prefer the bike. You can see everything, feel everything. Grow up around people in clubs. My father wore a patch. He always told me, if you were, uh, if you wear a patch, I'll kill you. That is awesome. This is exactly what it, what it was, yeah. He also adds, uh, I can't stand the TV guy bikers. I, I got a bike uh, die to a show. I got a bike die? Uh, let me know if th- there's a typo in there. Um, hey, Tribe, uh, what's up, Mike? Uh, just the guy who, he also says, just a guy who prefers bikes over cars. Yeah. Um, Romario's in the house. What's up? Uh, you don't think of Rammstein? Rammstein. Oh, he's talking about when I said you riding your bike with the hair blowing. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I was I was trying to go cheesy. Rammstein would have been a cooler uh, option. Uh, Serge Lutfi is in the house. Yo, Marco. What's up, Serge? Um, 
Hope all is well with you guys. Uh, Vivian says that's what musicians do with their amps and guitars. Anyone who is passionate about something wants to make it their own. 100% agree with that. Yeah. Um, Mike is also adding, am I the only one who likes uh, matte finish on my bike? Nothing fancy and chromed out. I like matte as well. Yeah, I think uh, I think the the chromed out thing is. I mean, it's it's pretty when the bike is it's all washed and and it's a it's a nice piece to look at. But yeah, again, it's just it's like a woman with the most amazing uh, makeup. She's beautiful. She she enters the room. Everybody looks at her. But does it make her a good woman, a fun woman, a woman you want to be with? Yeah. So. This chrome is not it's not ugly there's nothing wrong with chrome but I imagine I have to polish it and keep it clean yeah I don't even have the time for that you just hop on a bike and you go and then you come home go to sleep yeah. so there's no time in between but this is a hobby as well to, to get away from I don't know daily stress or your wife or whatever it is so you're in front of the house and you, you polish your chrome take your mind off things because everybody has a different approach to the the bike life yeah but yeah I, th- I think it goes back to what we're saying like the uh, the the actual um, definition of biker versus someone who has a bike and can afford it and is enjoying it as a hobby versus is a main means of transportation do you have another car do you have but it became also it became an image mm-hmm. today it became an image yeah so people want to be that guy with the bike just on social media. Social media is, is a bit pushing it. You know, the, the image. Every company, every little shop is having a punchline that says, be like this, be like that. So they want to sell their stuff, but they have to add. How I have to be, you know, to be cool or to, to live the good life. Mm-hmm. They tell me. So that makes me want to buy their stuff. If I buy those boots, I'm going to be as cool as this guy I saw the other day on a motorcycle. Yeah. You know, you get that. Yeah, that yeah. People cannot just be themselves anymore yeah. they all suggested how to be and then you have you, you you open your social media in the morning you have all those quotes you know all these things that tell you what to do and how to be be like this be like that and people kind of fall for it yeah it's yeah it, it, that's, they don't think about it but it just fall for it yeah that's the, that's the, the the basic premise of all advertising now just join be be part of the cool club you know, people are confused. You know, back in the day, you would have McDonald's. Okay, McDonald's, they're big. Or Nike, so those big companies, they would advertise. But now everybody does. Every company, every single entrepreneur has a punchline. Yeah. With a, with a quote about life, you know. So they tell you, they just open a shop, but they tell me how to live my life with their quote. Yeah. But people are confused. They don't know. Was it? A, is it is good? Is it right? Is it? Yeah, it must be right because it's written somewhere. So how do you, this is what I want to ask you, how do you navigate, first of all, how, how do you, um, how did you approach it from the, from the beginning? Uh, once, once you started thinking, okay, this is, this is what this place is going to be. It's, uh, it started as, as the, the bike shop and uh, turning into like, let's have a, let's have a coffee a section kind of thing, turned into a coffee shop. So how do you navigate, I'm building something in a place where, there's four Starbucks in one corner. There's a, there's a billion restaurants. There's a billion Harley Davidson. Uh, I think whatever things. whatever you do, you, it's not that you come up with it. You have a thought. You have that thought because you're inspired. Mm-hmm. 
subconsciously you get inspired you see things you you your brain is collecting information just by walking by certain shops then one day you have that idea but you're never going to be the first one yeah of course yeah this is what what people in dubai try to sell yeah we are the first we're let's do something nobody's ever done before this is all rubbish you're always inspired your idea comes from somewhere and even if it was the childhood you have seen it somewhere yeah yeah when that happened pretty much this way i wanted to do something with bikes but i understood in dubai you want uh, in a big city new york dubai whatever big city you want make enough money with your hands yeah enough money to pay rent fees and have ice cream on the weekends mm -hmm. so the idea was a good was, goal for, for the weekend by the way i like that <laughs> no i didn't want to say beer because you're online oh no we're allowed to say beer and, oh, and yeah. fucking shit on, on this. <laughs> so now in a big city like dubai you need something that that kind of pays the rent so the idea was to to build bikes um and call out to a certain kind of, of people so we don't reach out to everyone everyone is not our customer but those people would come and they might buy coffee and help us pay the rent so the coffee shop is actually uh, helping to pay the rent for the workshop so now we have a barber shop as well that again helps to entertain the rent the, the kitchen we have by the way we have two warehouses right yeah you were telling me about the spot so, like we, uh, we so the, the kitchen is the tool the kitchen allows us to 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 do everything the way we want it to do but we do everything ourselves that makes us pretty independent but there was no idea in the beginning it just happened the way it is because we kept working every day we kept working on stupid ideas they didn't work out but it leads you somewhere and i guess that's where we are today so let's let's list the number of things that uh are, are exist under the umbrella of moto because every i've tried to explain it to people um where where people were like where are you where are you heading and you've seen me a couple of times that mm. bring a meeting to the to the shop or something and i'm like yo there's this cool place it's it's we can grab a coffee and if you're hungry we could also eat uh it's it's uh it's technically like uh, there's a bike shop there's a workshop there um there's also a bunch of merch and uh cool jewelry stuff that's very handmade i'm trying to explain and i'm digging and there's an art gallery upstairs and there's a there's a barber so like how how, how first of all the list of things that goes on there's a so it's a coffee shop and a workshop it's a barber shop barber shop yeah and you you like you you mentioned in passing uh, the kitchen food but that that's like a full-blown restaurant you guys have like yeah it's a we have a coffee shop license with the contractor so the kitchen is separated <laughs> from like frank my partner is doing the kitchen <laughs> and i do uh, the coffee shop so frank is my contractor who provides me with the food which comes from next door so we have a coffee shop but we have a contractor that supplies me with outstanding food yeah i mean frank has built the entire kitchen he's planned it he's built it from scratch and now we have a menu we're really happy with yeah so it's a, a huge the kitchen is as big as our warehouse on two levels mm -hmm. so you know these days uh like toasties yeah Toasties uh, is the trend. So, <laughs> there was times that the chef would cook an amazing meal, like you know, with a piece of meat, some potatoes, and this and that, and some gravy. There's a lot of cooking involved, but in Dubai there's a trend that people go for toasties. 
you know, like, this is amazing. You have to go to this place. They have the most amazing toasties. I've never had something like this. The toasties, something I was allowed to do when I was 12. <laughs> and I was alone, alone at home, you know, you just put the toast, put some cheese, put some. And uh, now they sell it for, I don't know, 80 bucks. Yeah. But we tried to, to, to go back to, to, to old standards. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have this big, oversized kitchen. First of all, uh, we wanted to cook real food. Uh, and another thing I noticed portions you guys you guys don't fuck around with portions when you order something you you get it you don't get that little uh, it's all, little it's meal all, in the corner with a drizzle <laughs> it's all well calculated the sizes the, the amount like let's say steak some people complain it's too small but we have definitely definitely 200 grams on yeah, the yeah. plate uh, they're standards and we have lots of support from there's one chef called Bernd from Germany He's supporting it with all information we need to set up the kitchen the right way. I didn't think, I didn't know it's so complicated to run a kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's not just cooking. Cooking at home is for kids. Running a kitchen is a different different story. And this is another thing that you just learned on the go, yeah. basically. So Frank basically is the one who built the entire kitchen. Based on experience, he knew what to put in. Uh, but the chef now has to make it run mm-hmm. uh, pro- profitable, which is science. So hats off to everyone who runs an actual kitchen. And I'm not talking about a toasty kitchen or a pantry. I'm talking about proper food, a proper menu. Yeah. And did you did you have uh, is Frank in charge of like the uh, the menu and the menu is like Frank and I we we come from the same background, mm-hmm. so we really agree on the food. But most things we know from back home is on, on our menu. It's not, I wouldn't call it German food, but it's food we both know from back home growing up. We call it honest food. Honest, just, I was just thinking, there, is there like a, almost a, a term that describes like traditional wholesome food? Like it's just. Yeah, no, no. The entrepreneurs, they've changed the whole um, food scene. So forget about the honest food, forget about the traditional food. Now the toasty, back to the toasty. Yeah. You know, the cheese, you can see it's like, it's like really melting and it looks so yummy. So people forget about the honest food and think that fast food is something sensational. Mm-hmm. But it's also the advertising. The, the, the more you advertise, the more you put money in social media, the more you sell. How many years can you eat toasties? I mean, after two years going to the same place, you're like, I don't know. I've- but this is crazy. Now, just just talking about it, I think you're in competition already with a bunch of different industries. No, we don't. We don't compete with anyone. I I I know. Uh, I I'm using the the term competition loosely, but like you were, um, you 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 have the, like restaurant industry uh, already under Moto. The thing is, Frank has built a kitchen. Nobody else has. But the kitchen took three years. Yeah. Three years. Who does that? Who lives in Dubai building a kitchen by hand over the time of three years? Nobody does that because it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. In its three years, you can make money and send it home and buy a nice house. Back yeah. Home. So Frank did it. Uh, nobody wants to spend money. You know, everybody wants to make business. So there's food plans. There's uh, different, different businesses that need a big kitchen so they will rent a little space and or have a kitchen cook for them like we do it right now yeah there's a lot of demand 
Nobody builds a kitchen because it's really expensive. But everybody wants to do business. So that's why Frank is just perfect with his kitchen, perfect in business. There's a lot of companies that approach Frank to to cook meal plans or to cook certain things. Now we're increasing. There's a bakery upstairs. Wow. We had a small one downstairs, but now there's so much demand that we we make our own bread. But it's it's it's. I didn't see it this way. Dubai is really huge, but there's only a few bakeries. Yeah. There's only a few. Nobody really wants to. I would have never get like thought that you know. Everybody's selling bread, but nobody makes it. Yeah. Like burger buns, we started making our own burger buns. Normally, you just buy them from a bakery. So we said we want to do it all, but we also do it for others. So I take out maybe fifteen, twenty percent only. So we didn't plan it from the beginning, but it just led us there. Yeah. It, if if uh, if we go back in time when when it was just starting, when you guys had a industrial fridge and an empty warehouse. Would you have looked around and guessed? You know what? This is going to be. No. There's a barber shop right there. There's no, not not at all. The plan was completely different. Uh, it took longer, and because it took longer, also to get the licenses done. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we had a lot of money or we were that well connected. So we had to really approach a lot of people to get our licenses all done. Mm. So it took quite a while. But everything. Does it have different licenses for every? No, it's one license, but with different. Uh, categories yeah activities so i have three activities on one license yeah so that took quite a while yeah uh patience and keep going keep going translating translating speak to different people so it took us a while but we got it done and while waiting for decisions to be done we came up with other ideas so we didn't waste time the longer it took uh, the bigger we got i guess yeah i feel like uh, to a point just from the story like every time you guys you guys uh, almost like settled and it was it was working you were like okay how do we make it bigger yeah. <laughs> you get antsy you want to make something but again the, the, you meet on the way you meet a lot of people that also give you ideas mm-hmm. or help you out with something or sometimes there's also a good idea like why don't you do this like the barbershop mm-hmm. uh, a friend of ours came up with the idea why don't you do a barbershop there was a plan of doing like a leather workshop where the barbershop is now and it didn't really work out because the prices here are really low so we didn't want to do it for nothing mm-hmm. so it became a barbershop by chance but nothing you would have you would have ever thought of no without the suggestion let's no. just make a barbershop upstairs no I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into the comments because I want to talk about the, the community okay uh, behind Mota as well as Sean says, Doro would always be cooler in the background while you're writing. Doro, does she still live? I think so. That's a weird way. That's a dark question right away. No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I was young when when I was in love with her. Uh, Roba's in the house. Hey, 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 miss you both. Have hey, a great Ruba. evening. Thank you for tuning in, Roba. Shout out to you and and the uh, baby boy and uh, the other the other guy that Doro you. Bash. <laughs> um, Mike saying spitting some truth. Shout out to Mike. Thank you for tuning in. Um, life is like a box of chocolates uh, fucking eat them all <laughs> he says um, Roman says hi Marco heads uh, down to the uh, head down to the place you created with uh, Moto awesome craftsmanship very cool shop not jealous at all of your lovely workshop I still need to use my living room and that comes from a guy who really builds the most amazing stuff in his living room oh yeah shout yeah. out to shout out to Roman 
Um, you do have a you, you do have a very precise workshop. I've been in there once, and every it's it feels like you've spent a lot of time to make sure that you don't need. No, that was the. It took me about a year to get used to the the workshop. Was not a setup that was planned. We just collected stuff, furniture from from home mm-hmm. that we had. Frank and I, we, we let, I think two containers, yeah, one forty foot container, one twenty foot container. So we put in everything I owned and a lot of stuff he owned. So we just shipped it in, unloaded it, and started putting everything. Yeah. So there was no, there was no design to it or plan to it. The the cabinets with all the drawers, mm-hmm. his mom organized years back, mm-hmm. and um, it was. It was nice to have a cabinet with many drawers, but it took me forever to find stuff for the first year, I swear. So you're looking for a screwdriver, you open 20 drawers. Ah, there. Okay, I wouldn't have guessed that, because now, seeing your work, it's just... No, it's really used to it, so you, you feel where your stuff is. I'm quite a messy person when it comes to tools, so my little work bench is covered with anything and everything, but I know... I feel it. Yeah, where I sense where it. it. I have different files, different chisels. So I just feel it. And then Tony comes in and takes something like, whoa, don't move. You know, everything changes. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just you get used to your own little chaos. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. You said you guys shipped everything from uh, from back home. And I remember you telling me, I remember asking like uh, one of the tables that was outside um, where... where uh, where people were having coffee and there were a couple of couches and stuff. And I asked, oh, where'd you find this? And you said, you know, that it, was from, from your parents' house. Or yeah, yeah we, we, didn't, we didn't buy anything. So everything is from my home. We bought the floor, the wooden floor. We bought it in Germany. It was a special offer for 700 euros or something. The whole entire wooden floor, 700 euros only. Wow. So we put it all in a container and, yeah. Again, it took two and a half years. It was not... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, but just like now, walking around the, the space now that it's become what it is. Since we opened, then there was another phase of, of, of growing mature. Mm-hmm. So everything was kind of ready. The tables were there, chairs were there. But now, it's like when you move into a new house. The movers have unloaded the truck and everything is in place. But it needs another six months to actually grow. To feel like home, yeah. yeah you put frames on the wall and... A little cushion here. So this is actually happening with the shop right now. Yeah. So we're not there yet. We're still growing a little bit. It's amazing. That's amazing. Because I, I, like I said, I feel like every time it, it gets... Uh... But people now add. We've built a place, but yeah. now people that come in every day. Yeah. They add character. They When, when you come in the first time, what hits you is the, is the energy of the people that are actually in. 100%. People that come there every day, they make the mood. They make the, the place what it is. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see, some more comments. Um, also, he's got the stage, Serge Lutfi adds. Yes, there yeah, is There is a stage uh, and, uh, and a bunch of equipment and uh, a bunch of people go up and and uh, jam and, and play their instruments. Um, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, there was this Kurt Cobain quote that stuck with me since uh, I first read it while I was 13, 14. He says, I use bits and pieces of other personalities to form my own. It's interesting if you really think about it. We're all manifestations of other people and things we grew up with yeah. uh, or surround ourselves with. Well said, yeah. That's just what that's what it is. Uh, what the fuck is a toasty from Michelangelo? Mm-hmm. Uh, then I think we, we explained it. <laughs> you got it. Um, 
Uh, yes, portions are the best from Khalid Tamimi. Uh, chefs and cooks are different. Uh, are different. We're all a little crazy. Uh, Mike Angelo's a, a, a chef yeah, yeah, from yeah. Uh, Canada. Um, uh, are a different breed, is what he was saying. We're a different breed. Damn it, the 90s still affect me. <laughs> Frank has his own uh, Farid. Uh, yeah, Farid is um, Farid is uh, Tara's uh, uh, sourdough starter. Okay. And she she posts about it on Instagram. I had her on the show once, and the the comments exploded with Farid. Uh, show us Farid. We want to meet Farid. She she named him Farid. Yeah. And um, I didn't I didn't know. Yeah, Frank has his own Farid as well. Yeah. So I I didn't know that Farid and uh, sourdough starters being named. Uh, our, our thing. Speaking of Tara, Marco, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think I never had that. I was never ambitious. I think when I was a child, I wanted to be a, an athlete, sportsman. Mm-hmm. But then I just had to learn a job, I think. And I didn't even pick it. Being an electrical engineer, I didn't I didn't pick it. And I wanted to be a soldier, so I joined the army for four years. And I never had a real plan; I just did something. Yeah, so, but I, I was going to use the phrase "jack of all trades, master of none," but that doesn't even apply here because you have mastered several different things. No, I haven't mastered nothing. So anything and everything I do, there's someone who has mastered it. Anything I start today in the workshop somebody's out there doing it way better it's just that's why not everybody really likes moto mm-hmm. so you walk in you don't like it or you don't it's a 50 50 uh, there are some people that absolutely don't like it really let's yeah. talk about the community because because the people that do like it i find i feel like you there's a there's a community of people that not only just go there to, to have coffee or have a meal or get their hair cut or there are people that like I support this product I support this space this is the no, space you, where I come to that's be creative that's why we still that's why we're sitting here today and then talk about it because the community what everybody is hashtagging nowadays you know everybody wants to sell that community thing uh, we don't have a sign mode outside but I say I have the most amazing community in the why mm-hmm. because every each and every single one in the community saved all but after Corona lockdown, mm-hmm. every single one came back. Yeah. So, without advertising, without being posh and then nice to everyone, we we can survive because the community makes us survive. Yeah. How did it, how did uh, how did everyone find you? Because I I uh, learned about Moro through uh, through Asad Laiz who had been yeah. going there, and um, I find that the word of mouth spreads yeah. like wildfire about about Moro specifically. Made it. People made it happen. People came and then picked up this place as something they like. They would bring other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the moment you bring somebody to a new place, you actually mean it. Yeah. You bring only someone because you really like that place. You wouldn't take somebody there if you didn't like it. Yeah. And that's how it worked for us. We didn't have the money to advertise or to, to post us up or all these kind of things. And we kind of left it this way because it kind of happened. It just happened. Yeah, it grew by the month. We had more and more people coming in, and uh, I made coffee in the beginning. 
I made coffee. I actually remember the post where you uh, uh, you were looking for a barista, yeah. and uh, you guys made a, a funny video of you just butchering a, a coffee or spilling yeah. it. Or it was <laughs> like we just opened a coffee shop, and I didn't have the money for for ten baristas, so we had to grow into it. Yeah, we had to make the money to actually hire people. Yeah, so I made coffee, and it was the worst coffee in town. But there's people that came when I started. They're still here. Yeah. They're still coming and have now. They 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 have an awesome coffee because uh, our baristas are really 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 good yeah. at what they do. But they endured with me, and they were patient with us, and they're still there. This is what I call community. Yeah. People that come in, uh, coffee sucks, but you know it's nice to hang out here, and they they come back. Uh, I'll 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 handle the the bad coffee because I support the space. Yeah, I support the yeah. the message behind it. We started with coffee and cookies. We didn't have yeah and uh, Snickers bars. Yeah. And I remember uh, I remember having a conversation with you uh, maybe the first or second time I was ever there. And you you do uh, you have like um, an ideology when it comes to to moto. Like don't be don't be a douchebag. Uh, you know, come grab your your coffee. Um, respect everyone around and I was talking to you about I remember because my first instinct is this this place is fucking amazing how do I how can we advertise it and you were like no 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 this is if you find it you find it and if you don't you don't it's not supposed to be your your uh, Tom and Serge or whatever it was or this is our space and and if you like it just come back that's basically it so was was this something that that you had from the very beginning like this ideology of Let's just build a space for and and a community. Or did this come because of a Dubai uh, kind of a you know retracting from from the Dubai thing, the Dubai it's, city? You know, every everybody goes after trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that go to coffee shops or people that open coffee shops. Everybody goes after trends, and I wanted to be there for those who don't like the trends. Mm-hmm. You know. A city like Dubai, everything is fast. Yeah. Everything is growing. Everybody has to keep running to keep up with whatever happens. And we kind of wanted to have a place where I would want to be every day. And so I'm a bit selfish when it comes to building motor. I want to be there every day. That's why I have wallpaper in my in my workshop. Yeah. But now I see people come in and like Dubai stops for them. You know, you're running, you're traffic, and then there's always hectic. So you come to motor. So now you can be yourself. You put your feet on the table, and uh, you spend just time and relax. That was the idea, and uh, not everyone gets it. That's why not everybody is our, our customer. Those who come in and like it actually love it. Well, you said you said some people just don't like it at all. What were some of the <laughs> businesses are built to make money? Mm-hmm. So now there's a saying, it's an old saying that says that the customer's always right. Yeah. Now, uh, sometimes the customer's just being a dick. <laughs> you know? It's not right. So, yeah. and then, <laughs> I don't like the idea of, of saying uh, sorry, sir, or something to someone who's not being nice to me. Yeah. So that, that's a big city life today. You have to be nice to everyone, otherwise you don't survive. And I said, no, I don't want to be nice to everyone. Sometimes... Everyone is not, it's not nice to me, you yeah. know. I'm not a servant or something. I offer a service, a certain service, but I'm not serving yeah. people. I didn't throw my, my job away to, to be a servant to people now. 
But some people come with that expectation into a coffee shop. You you have to serve them. Yeah. But when it comes to big business like petrol stations or restaurants and coffee shops in a big city like Dubai, people are get you they're getting used to to being treated like they're special. Yeah. Hello, sir. Hello, ma'am. Oh, sorry, sir. No, sir. I don't have that. Sorry, sir. So you get that. You know, people talk to you like you're someone special. Mm-hmm. Did did you, did people uh, do you do you think people found it shocking? Um, like, because oh, yeah. just you you walk up to the counter, and you're like, hey, man, can I yeah, can I get a cappuccino? People, I had people coming all the way from Abu Dhabi seeing the coffee shop where you get kicked out when you order the wrong coffee. It's not that I kick out people, but somebody walks in and says, like, mm, coffee's a bit, bean is a little over-roasted, don't you think? So he wants to share his knowledge to me. Yeah. And he wants to tell me he doesn't like my coffee. And I say, across the street, we have another, there's another coffee shop. Try their coffee. Yeah. No, they're shocked now, like, are you kicking me out? No, I'm just giving you a solution. I'm just, you don't like my coffee, but try theirs. Yeah, I'm not going to change this one. But I'm offending this man because yeah. I didn't say sorry. Yeah. He's used to getting a sorry can I talk to your manager uh, you know complaining about something is a big thing in a big city yeah have you ever gotten that have you ever uh, mm, yeah and can I talk to a manager yeah yeah and it's a sport I like it yeah so I can imagine you enjoy that so we have music on 8 o'clock in the morning so the staff really is really uh, careful now they always have music running mm-hmm. so I want 8 o'clock in the morning I want Black Sabbath for instance so when somebody walks in and says, uh, can you put the music down a bit? Because I'm on the laptop. We say, no, sorry, go opposite. There's a nice place with nice, chill background music. So people feel offended. They have a request. In That's my coffee met. shop. Yeah. It's, it's my coffee shop. I didn't reach out to them. I didn't call them. Please come here. Do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they come to my coffee shop and expect me to do anything and everything they say. I think it's not right. Yeah. It's like... I pay rent, and I should pick and choose how I want to achieve that. Yeah, which is cool because I think the community actually gravitates towards the space because of these things. Yes, because it it, it stands for itself. You 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 know you are the way you are, and you run the shop the way you run. No, I have I have reached. I'm so lucky to have reached that point. So I have reached the point where I have to protect the community. I cannot change anything. Somebody walks in and doesn't like the music. Can, no, I cannot change it because people now come for the music. Mm-hmm. They know there's a certain kind of music playing in our house. So I cannot change it because these guys, they make this place. Yeah. So I owe it to them and not to the person who walks in the first time. Yeah, 100%. And we're going we're gonna to jump into the questions hole. Uh, Raz with uh, Raz with the first question uh, How big is the hole? Um, big enough for that question What hole? <laughs> they they see a, a questions box Okay And they can type in the questions How big is the hole? Yeah uh, Raz with the with the hard hitting questions As always um, Vivian says miss you It's obviously to you and Mike Angelo is saying, uh, "Do you remember your first, uh, the first bike you built?" Yeah, the first bike was the Royal Enfield, 1994. There you go, Mike. Hopefully that answers your question. He also says we support real shit, real people. Um, 
he also adds tribe moto is on the bucket list once we land there uh yeah mike if you if you uh guys ever come down to dubai that's that's the very first place i think you guys gotta go you'll love it um your team is awesome marco good people from khalid Tamimi. thank you khalid uh, build a space for like-minded people. Uh, the trendy types can do their own thing. I like the real. The Starbucks crowd probably doesn't doesn't like sometimes. Uh, the customer is a dick. Left my ass off. Yes, uh, from Mike. Um, would love to be a barista in Moto from from Julie. Oh, she's too expensive. <laughs> Julie's too expensive. Uh, and uh, Katie says Moto handles Karens pretty well. It, that's a, it. Is a thing. There's <laughs> Karens out there. They, uh, yeah, Karen is a thing now. Yeah, I've I've seen um, you know those uh, the videos that go viral of uh, people complaining um, just about the the weirdest shit. It's mostly in the states. Yeah, but it comes here as well, and that uh, that people feel pressures, and then you need to you need to be there for them, and need to do it their way. Otherwise, What's the craziest thing you've experienced? Motor became a thing. Is there is there one that like I, I, I can tell you I have probably the worst uh, reviews on TripAdvisor or Zomato by people that came and were not happy, like the worst reviews I can think of. Somebody wrote about us at Moto. So so they were first timers obviously. Just yeah, yeah. Come first in. time when I come in with big expectations, they see let's say they see the drum set uh, in the corner and it just goes straight. With no respect whatsoever, yeah, no respect for the place. So they go and sit down and want to play drums while people have food and then coffee. So and I would tell them, no, no, please, that's not how we do it here. Mm-hmm. So I refuse to let them play. So people would go home and go berserk and write paragraphs, know, upon paragraphs, and referring to Gandhi and all these. So this is the craziest thing actually that happened. I never saw it coming, but mm-hmm. the more popular you get, the more people come in that are actually not invited we don't reach out to them but they walk in and they feel like like you go to a metal bar a metal bar in in, in Europe so you don't like the music you don't like the, the people look at you a strange way so you go out you go home and never come back yeah but it's 2020 now no no everyone has a voice no I, I want went to, to this metal bar and they played shitty music yeah and you don't like metal you know yeah. you, you never listen to metal but you ask for the management can you please change the music just and put the light on I want scorpions <laughs> so we have really really worked hard to get a, the nice light in the evenings we worked hard to have the nice ambience and, and mood yeah. at Moto now people come and say and write online it's way too dark wow if you don't like it just don't come back just yeah. leave us alone it's not for you then obviously there yeah. are thousands of F&B places in Dubai why don't you go somewhere else where it's bright inside I don't I, I don't understand the the voicing of opinion when it has nothing to do with the person it's like people who go to a show and throw bottles on stage yeah you bought a ticket why why just don't come next time yeah, yeah. I don't I don't understand that um but yeah, I, I think I think that's super. Uh... I think there's always been people that complain, but now with social media, that everyone gets a platform. Yeah. So your wife doesn't talk to you anymore. You don't need your wife. You have an internet platform, so you know you can talk to the world now. That's how people think. This is this is exactly why we started this podcast. Tata hasn't uh, spoken to me in years. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I, mean, I know, of course. Yeah. So, you don't have a voice, so life is really bad for you. But the internet is listening to you. 
Yeah, and I feel like people voice their uh, disgruntlement or the disagreement with something more than they do with their uh, enjoyment. Like, yeah. no one goes online and says, yo, this was the best place. Uh, I had some amazing coffee and the music was awesome. Less people do that yeah. online than they go, oh, I fucking hated that shit. But it depends on the platform as well. Like, on, on the social media stuff, like Facebook, uh, Instagram, we really have good feedback. Yeah. Because we kind of reach out to certain people. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to other platforms, like, I don't know, TripAdvisor or Somato, we just there and then people stumble on it and then and they come in. Yeah. So we don't reach out to certain people, but they... Yeah, they go back on the platform and write a bad review. Again, I didn't reach out to them. Yeah, yeah, that's. So when you like in a, in a, a big city where everybody expects uh, to be treated like he's someone special, mm-hmm. so when I say no to something or uh, I don't say sorry, then there's an offense. Do you because find they're more residential uh, reviews or they're tourists as well? Like no, no, tourists, in? no. Tourists love this place. Yeah. Because, oh, it's it's not like Dubai. It's, it's a certain kind of people that buy uh, writes uh, bad reviews. Yeah. People you say no to. Yeah. It's a, it's a certain kind. I cannot explain it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I have one review I've, I've made a printout of a gentleman um, and it's actually framed in the shop. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Amazing. It's hilarious, yeah. Do you remember the gist of it? Is there a, is there a line that pops out? Yeah, that I'm unfriendly, rude, and all the adjectives you can find on Thesaurus. He used them <laughs> yeah, yeah. in one sentence. Okay. He was he went on for for really long. That's awesome. Uh, I I I, uh, I didn't know that. I have to see it the next time I'm in in the shop. Um, where are we? Uh, Judy, uh, does he? Does he keep calling you Judy? I keep he- hearing my name. Hmm? Uh, replying to to July. Julie, not Judy. Julie, Judy. Yeah. Where where are we? Judy. Yeah. No, I said I said Julie. Julie. People uh, hesitate calling me. Oh, I, I guess I guess that's the one. That's the the mistake I just made. Um, and. Um, Tata says, I think those reviews and comments are also not relevant. Like, as someone looking for reviews, I want to know food quality, cost, taste, etc. Service, and not like lighting. Yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen one. I, I remember uh, we were traveling once. I think it was Portugal. And we were just looking at the reviews in, in this. Um, it was like a half hostel, half hotel thing. And someone physically had the audacity to comment, one star, the pillows were too fluffy. Yeah. That was a real review. From a real person that stayed in that hotel and was disgruntled that the pillows were too fluffy for him. Yeah, but we had a bad review. It was like we got one or two stars, and um, I, I went on his page and I was checking. He's apparently commenting on all the coffee shops. So Costa Coffee got five stars. So and then we apparently his taste is completely different to what we offer, right? Yeah. So. I mean, it's not his place, you know, to exactly. to to come to us. Just don't come back and then be quiet about it. Yeah. But it's also, things have changed. We would go out and then find a new place. We hear about the place. We would go there and then we find out ourselves what kind of food do they have. We would go there next time again, if it was good, and try something else. Yeah. So there's exploring. It used yeah. to be a girlfriend or buddies or friends. You, you, you go out and explore your own city yeah but now I get phone calls so can you send me the menu 
I don't think it's the right thing. Can, I should. Can you send them the menu online? No, they call my phone and can you send me the menu? So I, I'm in a tunnel. I hang up. Or when is a good time to come to Moto? They want to know in advance what they can expect. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in this kind of. Uh, Did anyone ever try to book table? Yeah, yeah, all the time. We have. We used to have a lot of events before. Uh, Not during events, just during a, a regular. Yes, yes, yes. Regular, but also during events. Yeah. So apparently, this is what everybody else does. Yeah. Because it's it's commercial, but we don't believe in booking tables. Just come early. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't we don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julie says, "Yeah, uh, this is what I'm saying every single time after a question in their eyes." Uh, Katie says, "I love I love that little tribute you guys paid for uh, Neil Peart's passing." Um, what's better than eating the best steak in town and listening to an entire Rush album? Good stuff, good vibes. Uh, Marcel says, uh, oh, so you won't play Justin uh, Bieber for me? (laughs) I love your coffee. If uh, if Justin Bieber ever releases a good rock album, maybe. That could be on the list. (laughs) Um, Vivian says, uh, you're a legend, Marco. Uh, We come for the abuse. <laughs> I see this is what I was telling. You. Yeah, like I feel like uh, the community. Yeah, but uh, Dubai is also a place where uh, Dubai is hard to survive here because there's a lot of competition. Everybody comes here to make money, mm-hmm. so this place is a bit rough at times. So what happens now? People want to soften it a little bit, and they say, "How are you? Fine." You know, everything is a bit positive. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of this? Oh, it's nice. So everything is positive, and I don't have that in me. But I think I think that's the beauty of it. Is what I've seen personally from from my experience just visiting a couple of times is it it flattens the 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 playing field. Mm-hmm. So it, whether it's it's someone who is actually a CEO of a company that's coming here to do some emails, or or the dude down the road, like it, it, we're all on the same level. Everyone's treated equally. No one gets a special shot. No one gets anything. I've I've, I've experienced uh, the treatments of. You know, different appearance. So you're in a coffee shop and then let's say you're a regular there and then the staff pushes you aside because somebody else walks in who has a big car or something. Mm-hmm. So this happens and I've seen it a lot, but I would never ever let that happen in, in my shop. Yeah, which is also a very uh, part of the culture here. Yeah, but it's, it's now we have, I think, one of the most amazing mix in Dubai. We have uh, locals, Emiratis, uh, we have all kinds of expats. There's no, because I'm German now. I'm I'm, I'm treating the Germans better. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. We 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 don't uh, we don't have special food, special cuisine. We don't reach out to Indians or to Filipinos or to English people or to whoever. We have a superb mix. That's that's what makes me actually makes me proud. Yeah. The mix with the locals, other Arab speaking people. How they mix with the French, Italians, or whoever comes in, which is actually amazing. Um, having I've been here for ten years, and uh, the the local community, the Emirati community, uh, is very hard to, hard to find a place where um, the the, the m- we can mingle seamlessly. Mm. Um, I've met a lot of Emiratis at metal shows. Uh, I've met a lot of Emiratis through through videography and stuff like that. But I've never had a place where. You can meet uh, local Emirati people uh, seamlessly, just just hanging out. 
and Moto is one of those places that it 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 stopped being like the local and the yeah. which which this place does a lot. It, it segregate not segregates, but it has um, it's definitely defined in terms of where you come from yeah, and, and who yeah. you are. Um, and Moto just broke that wall. Like there's is, there's no we don't have that. Uh, it's just by name. It's not where you're from. Yeah, it's just it doesn't matter where you're from. Lots of lots of people they come from from certain places backgrounds and there I've met a lot of people that are proud of their heritage mm-hmm. you know I'm proud to be Jordanian I'm proud to be from India I don't I don't have that uh, I'm thankful and grateful and, and I'm proud of my dad and, and all these kind of things but I'm proud to be here in Dubai yeah I'm proud to be here is this home yeah it's an amazing place to be so I'm proud of being here I'm yeah. proud of still being here mm-hmm. and uh I'm thankful, yeah. you know, growing up in Germany and then having seen what I saw. But I'm proud of being here and I'm proud of having all these people come to my place. I can take from them. They take from others. So there's a... What goes around comes around. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't meet locals for 12 years. I've been here since 2004 for 11, 12 years. I've not been in contact or made friends with Emiratis. Mm-hmm. Ever since I started the shop, building it, uh, Emiratis would walk in and bring me food. Mm-hmm. So they know this guy, uh, he's, he's a bit crazy, he's doing his stuff, but he doesn't seem to have money. So they would cook and bring food, have a break, sit with us. People I don't, I didn't know. Yeah. So people would actually support me this way. Uh, I made friends and they're still here after five years. They're still coming to the shop. Yeah. Uh, that is what I'm proud of, you know, to, to live that. That's very cool. Yeah, and I, I think, the, like you said, I think I have that same outlook towards Dubai. Like, just so thankful that we get to get to stay here for... Because I have a... I, we've talked about this on the, on the show before, but, like, I have a mixed bag of emotions when it comes to home because I'm from a bunch of different fucking places and I grew up in Australia and um, I, I've never been to the country I'm supposed to be from and stuff like that. Mm. And... Uh, but th- when I always uh, think of the UAE, I'm like, dude, we're, we're like, I got married. There's a kid here providing us with all this opportunity, all this shit. It doesn't, it wouldn't have happened if I was uh, in any of the other countries that I was supposed to be in, you know. Mm. And um, and like you said, the the insane mixed bag of people that you get to meet, yeah. you'd you'd never see anywhere else. I had a friend uh, that that moved from Dubai, was born, raised here moved from here to the UK um, and in the UK went, dude, did you know there were fucking racist here? He, d- he had no idea. He was like oblivious to the fact that, you know, people outside of Dubai don't accept someone because of the way they look or yeah. the way they... And he was like, I miss Dubai. The people here aren't speaking to other guys because they're from a certain country. Yeah. And I think that's that's the, uh, the beauty of the UAE for sure. Um, I'm gonna jump into comments again real quick. Khaltimimi, I actually love when Marco comes over to a table uh, when I'm with a friend and he shits on me. No, I don't, Khaled. <laughs> I'm your wingman. Oh, uh, that's funny. Um, so just to give some context to, to Khaled's comment there, um, uh, you like to you like to engage. But like Khaled, for example, I'm always happy to see him because he keeps coming. Yeah. So it makes me happy. So 
I'm trying to show it my way. Yeah, exactly. But you engage, engage yeah. with, the, with the people there anyway. So it's, I think, some like some are really friends that became friends. They, yeah, they started as a customer, but also it happens among the customers that they come once or twice. Maybe they're alone, and then they meet someone having a cigarette outside, or people become friends at Moto. I've seen that. I've seen so, and a lot of people that I know now that I've met at Moto. It's a place where people come, and that's what I call community. So you come in and you say hi to a few people, and then you sit down and have your coffee. You say hello to everyone first. Yeah. And then you sit down. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Mike Angelo saying that that pillow was were too fluffy. Yeah, that's that's one of the the reviews. And Judy saying uh, pillows too fluffy. Fuck off. Um, yeah, I still can't. I, I I need to find that review and screenshot it somewhere. Khal um, Tamim saying I'm actually reading the reviews. Uh, Mike saying he doesn't have uh, have it on him because uh, he's fucking real. Uh, this guy's king shit of Turd Island, and I haven't even met him yet. That's uh, <laughs> so. Uh, so Mike Angelo's already uh, already uh, uh, a moto guy. Uh, from Canada and here look at us here Maria Maria says Milton. hi Marco you know Milton and Maria right uh, Miltiadis yeah he's uh, yeah. he's on the he was on the show and so, I took me a year to, to remember how to say his name so Maria is one of the biggest supporters of, of what we are doing so Melody House and MEI they're always there for us from well when we started Asad started the, the I don't know you were there for the the gig he did once yeah, yeah. So when he got supported uh, by Melody House and uh, MEI, and ever since I had the, the luxury to be supported as well. Yeah, Milton, cool. Maria. Shout, shout out to uh, Kevin Needis and uh, and everyone uh, and everyone over there. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the stage uh, before before I keep reading the comments. We didn't actually touch on. You have a corner in in the shop. I keep saying shop. Is that yeah, shop correct terminology? Because yeah. you have, um, it's on the hat, a rush and stop. stop. Yeah. What does that mean? It's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it means it stands for nothing. This is me reacting to the little entrepreneur who has that punchline. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the wisdom and then do this, do that. Like Nike has, just do it. Yeah. They make millions of turnover. So let them have it, but the little flower shop, you know, for the love of flowers. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be there, otherwise I wouldn't buy flowers there. Yeah. Uh, that's me reacting to that. Rauchenstaub is translated to smoke and dust. Okay. Like, so maybe. just like, almost like smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Just like my two marriages, they were like Rauchenstaub. Or Berlin after World War II, Rauchenstaub. Mm-hmm. It's like a whatever, or like a... A misused, inshallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But it it does give it it like without knowing that it does give it that mysterious. Yeah, nobody element. can pronounce it. Nobody knows what it means. It's just I wanted to put something being sarcastic, basically. Yeah, yeah. But also make punched out with smoke and dust when I work and stuff. So the whole atmosphere is a bit smoke and dust. Mm-hmm. So it means nothing but so many things. Yeah, exactly. That's very cool. Very cool. But yeah, so in the corner, uh, there's a, there's a stage. Yeah. Um, there's a drum set. There's a bunch of guitars and a bunch of amps and stuff. Yeah. And uh, you you um, 
you have these uh, uh, jam nights or jam sessions yeah. uh, where people are, are allowed to just um, rock up and but like you said respectfully not just I walk in jump on a drum set yeah. uh, you know mingle uh, introduce themselves grab a guitar maybe jam a little bit there's also been shows there yeah. uh, put on performances uh, Bofunk Zoo played there um, Winterburn uh, Chronicles of Han there's yeah. a bunch of good stuff uh, that, that I've seen there's a bunch more that I haven't as well um, I missed a, a few but um, wh- where did the, the the jam corner the stage fright as, as it's the, labeled the stage fright yeah so I started the idea was to have a small corner like with a, with a couch and a, a special corner where you I don't know VIP mm-hmm. you can have your coffee in a nice area and then maybe on a weekend a um, musician like Abo mm-hmm. Abo could sit there and entertain um, the crowd mm-hmm. and then my local partner Majid he's also a drummer so he brought his friends the other night and then they started playing with that one guitar I had and then next time they brought their amps and they played proper metal music just like after midnight mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of it was a lot of fun like the nights, I would work till midnight, let's say, and then people would come again, bring me food, burgers, and start just hang out another hour. And some of them happened to be musicians. And uh, Abo was supposed to play on for the opening. Okay. So I met him at another shop performing, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to open for your opening." That's amazing. Uh, but then I had to postpone, so it didn't work out, and mm-hmm. then he couldn't make it. So I had. By chance, Khan playing. So, Chronicles of Khan was the opening band uh, on my little stage. So, they saved my butt, actually. Yeah. So, everybody was like, why don't you ask uh, Khan? You know, he's, I didn't really know who that band was. But yeah. Yeah, I called him. He came. We agreed. They were like a proper band, right? And they were standing on this small little stage. The thoughts came up to, we need more space. So, and then... Um, Asad from Wolfgang Zoom made it happen. He pushed me a little bit to, you know, I need more space. <laughs> so we extended the stage yeah. uh, to the front and we did a little riser for the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it wasn't for him, we still had that small little corner thing. So it was a development. It was never planned to grow. And uh, guitars... I was just about to say, there's a wall of guitars now. The idea was to have people come in and play grab a guitar and play there was another donation which was an amp mm-hmm. from Abdullah um, he came and played and then he this said this is uh, Abdullah from the losing party no Abdullah he came a bit later Abdullah uh, Majan used to play uh, with Manan and Majid yeah yeah also, great videographer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is a guy who does my videos yeah. yeah so they used to play and I didn't see that coming it would come in a Kondura and play like they're shredding yeah so I was I was so blown away every time they came so it kind of became a passion I wanted it like this mm-hmm. and uh, more guitars but it's like cheap stuff they're not really valuable uh, instruments but just uh, having the platform having uh, having the option for people to you know mingle because I think I know at least at least two bands or two projects started with people jamming on that stage and they went oh shit you want to write original music together and then and that kind of spiraled into something else 
unfortunately, Dubai is a place where venues do music events to make money. Mm-hmm. The venues, there, there are no real venues either, but so, it's bars that yeah, have a stage. Bars now they hire musicians. There's nothing wrong with it, but this is a bit the, the main thing in Dubai. You have a bar, and there's music that animates you to drink. Right. Yeah. So you have five, six pints, and the music is getting a bit louder, a bit faster. So it makes you drink more. It it, it kind of works. In a coffee shop, you don't have that effect. Mm-hmm. The moment you come to see a concert or somebody jamming, you're not going to spend money. I'm aware of this, so you're not going to drink five coffees, no. Yeah. But you would drink probably ten beers. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment you have alcohol on 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 the tap, you make money. Uh, when you have a band playing. With coffee, it doesn't work like this. We had a few barbecues. It's not about the turnover you make that day. It's about seeing how the crowd like gets to meet one another. It's yeah. always better to have an event. People are more interested to come and meet. And then, yeah, it, it develops to something. The community is actually there and strong because of many events uh, that we have done. I think also um, first-timers... Uh, I've met a lot of first-timers through events. Mm. So they, they go there for an event just because it's because something that's already happening. Because it's something like you have to advertise it. You have yeah. to put a you put up a, an event page. So and then you invite people and people get to see it. So it's not like... Uh, it's, a good, it's a good introduction as well to, yeah. to the space and everything. So let's say to the event, 30 new people come, two might come back yeah. for steak another day. Yeah. But it's also to grow that uh, yeah, community. There's a lot of extra effort to run an event. Mm-hmm. We had these barbecues. You need to put up the barbecue. You need a guy who's actually doing the barbecue. It's a lot of effort, but it was worth it. The long run, it's worth it. You cannot count the money after the event. You cannot like count your cash. Yeah. Oh, today was good, you know, and put it in your pocket. It's a long-term thing. Yeah. yeah. And it seemed to work. Corona didn't help, but... Uh, it will be over soon, and then we go back to the events. So, how how has it been um, for for a business like how how difficult was this phase? It was shocking because we had to we had to lock down, we yeah. had to close down like everyone else. And there was one month of lockdown, and there was a few weeks, you know, with time restrictions. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the curfew. The curfew, so people had to be home by let's say eight, so we had to close down by seven. There was a lot of money lost. We won't make that money ever again, but we are recovering. So the moment the lockdown was, was over, people came. Yeah. It was really the most beautiful thing. The people came just back every day. So we didn't we didn't need to call out people come back and then hey. Uh, they just did. Yeah. And it's every day ever since. We're really, really lucky with the crowd we're having to yeah, coming to Dubai to see motor or to to spend time there. Yeah, really lucky. It's a very, it's a, it's it's. I, I wouldn't use the the word luck to be honest. It's, uh, it's years it's and years. Because of, when you when you think of the strategy we used, not having a signboard, yeah. not being uber friendly with everyone, you know, all these things we do against how to run a business, kind of worked for us. Yeah, it was just luck. Yeah. But I don't know, Corona did 
did good to us. The signboard thing, I, I, I must admit, I wanna. <laughs> I, I, I was the first time I went there. I was lost for like Dude, a good people walk in it's like, Dude, you need a sign. Well, I think you need a sign. I know where it is. <laughs> yeah. You go to you go to Berlin. You go to Paris. You go to Mumbai. You have the most amazing places. There's not a single signboard. There's no uh, event page. There's nothing. Everybody knows. You know, you would go in Mumbai. They tell you, okay, go to that place. It's near um, KFC in Bandra. Okay, find that. And now there's a door somewhere, like stainless steel, like an elevator. It takes you 20 minutes to find it. And then you step over a homeless person, go in an elevator, third floor, door opens, hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. How did they know? Mm-hmm. How did they find it? And they're all there before you. So I would not complain. Hey, there was no proper sign. That's why I'm late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I would come up with a story like there was a raccoon attacking me, or <laughs> you know, I would not admit that I'm stupid because obviously everyone else found it. Yeah. But today it's different. It's my fault you didn't find it. So they blame me, and I enjoyed it a little bit. Bad review. They have no sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. So I enjoyed it a little bit. Yeah. But it's growing. It's growing slow. But apparently. We are okay. Yeah. Well, shout out to the community that. Uh, that yeah. Shout that out to the community. To they swinging. made the place what it is, and I didn't see it coming. Yeah. How strong people can actually make a place. Uh, and from from like you said, it's not a certain type of person that comes there. It's it's, it's everyone. All, it's it's a certain kind from all areas, from yeah. all corners in the it's world. It's the misfits from. Every community. But it's also people that, that forgive you a bad coffee. Mm-hmm. That forgive you something's wrong with the pizza. The first pizza we made, you know, shout out, let's come. And then, and, or the burger, it's not perfect. You know, everybody advertises we have the best burger in town. We have the first burger with this and the biggest burger with that. So we just had burgers. Yeah. And they were not as they are today. They were good, but it was, they were not as amazing as they are today the community goes through the learning curve with you yes they make us also change yeah. and get better they they suggest things we should have not by saying it no you feel it mm-hmm. they show you when they also say things that are good they support you and then build you up it's not just customers it's actually many of them are friends yeah yeah very very cool <coughs> um Amr saying reminds me uh, you you wanted to meet sorry reminds me biryani. Uh, you wanted meat biryani or veggie tomorrow oh Omar <laughs> uh, Katie saying Marco have you considered adding the traditional German yes we very worse to, to we have menu? considered but it's all about logistics it's all about supply so we're thinking about these kind of things but it has to fit with what we have running in the kitchen mm-hmm. Like I said, running a kitchen is completely different. Yeah, to it's science. I didn't. I didn't my old man is a chef, mm-hmm. so he lived his whole life. He spent in kitchens. I had no idea. I had no idea how difficult it is to run yeah. a kitchen. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Mike Angelo saying racism is mad stupid. Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, we don't have that. I had to mimi. You guys need to hear Marco's fish story from his childhood. <clears throat> What's the fish story? It's an old story. I come from East Germany, right? Mm-hmm. And I keep uh, telling the story how poor we were. You know, and, and East Germany, everything was black and white. 
and people yeah like to hear the stories how cool we were but it's all started with sarcasm you go to coffee shops nowadays it's not about the coffee anymore no no there's a story to it and what kind of beans do you use I like uh, coffee beans no no where are they from uh, two minutes from here Nigel is our roaster in Altaca no like what country and are a fair trade so apparently all the coffee shops since more than five years six seven years they started selling coffee in a new way you know the specialty coffee yeah it has to be with a story otherwise it, the coffee's no good I don't like the story it can't just be a right just just coffee no it cannot be just yeah. coffee like 1999 it was cool to drink coffee yeah so no I cannot invite you for a coffee I cannot say other let's go and grab a coffee let's talk whatever it's like I'm inviting you on a date yeah you want to sit there with your coffee and a nice flower on it and then I'm going to sit there with a little the love heart with a heart you know <laughs> and then you're going to sit there like oh the coffee reminds me of when I was in Kenya and all these the sweet talk about yeah, coffee yeah. coffee's not cool anymore like oh, yeah coffee's good another yeah. one it's like it has that soft story to it and then the heartwarming stuff so when I started making up stories being sarcastic yeah but then you find yourself you're you're standing before a grown man who believes that story just made up just trying to be funny and this guy's like oh so nice of you you know you make up any story just touch the heart a little bit is this uh, is this where uh, the the glove and the jar yeah that came that came later yeah people just, are so gullible just for uh, for reference uh, can you could you tell us a know. little a little bit about uh, th these kind of uh, things because because you guys uh, you guys have to be there for for these stories it's it's unbelievable yeah, i think you have to you have to see it and feel it you have to stand in front of it but th there are uh, objects there are things yeah it started all with a story about coffee or the sugar or things uh, where we get our coffee from me making up stories and then more and more people actually believe those stories it becomes like a Tourette you can't stop you cannot stop it and then we created also a bit of decoration like we have um, the other glove Michael Jackson's glove the one he never used <laughs> yeah. so Michael Jackson apparently went to a designer and got a pair of gloves but he only performs with one or yeah. performed so now we have the other glove and people believe it it's legit so this three and a half million pound worth of glove with diamonds on it is in an Ikea frame on the wall in an industrial area and people like it's awesome <laughs> or we have uh, you know Elton John's candle in the wind yeah we have that original candle he looked at while he was writing the song 1973 mm -hmm. so that candle that flickered and then this candle in the storm oh candle in the wind so the, the original candle that inspired the yeah, whole thing yeah exactly and then we have a jar which is sealed standing on a small shelf with George Michael's you know George Michael yeah yeah his uh, careless whisper mm -hmm. it's in there so when you when you shake and it's really really quiet you shake the jar I don't care <laughs> you can still hear it we have Amy Winehouse's last eyeliner yeah yeah that's, that's on the wall as well it's on I the think. wall it's like it's like open but it's still open that's the way they found it on the sink yeah she couldn't close it because she died yeah uh, but my favorite is the the original one of the original uh, massage in a bottle mm-hmm you know, massage in a bottle. 
the, the message in a bottle. Yes, but the original title was Massage in a Bottle. Okay. So Sting would write a song, mm-hmm. or he wrote a song about prostitution before there were cars. So now prostitutes, they couldn't put their massage carts and business oh, cards on the on the on, windows on, on the windows and then yeah. the, you know they could not place it on any cars so what I did they put them in bottles and they threw the bottles into the sea so now when the sailors came to Dubai they would jump on shore pick up a bottle you know and call a prostitute for a nice weekend and now the good thing is they could throw the bottle back into the mm. sea for the next sailors you know so he was writing about all this and what happened he was sending an email with the lyrics to the production house they autocorrect no there was this Polish guy who just started in the company he misread the email and he started the whole production pro- process like posters album covers uh, banners for concerts everything was like message in the bottle now okay that's how it happened so when Sting had five days exactly five days to rewrite the whole song and it became a world hit yeah that's yeah that's just some of the things you guys will see at uh, we have that oh, uh, motto we have another thing it's called uh, the Piston King mm-hmm. uh, oh, uh, we need uh, to talk about the Piston King it also came uh, by, by chance there was no plan to come up with the story of the Piston King it just happened and that's what I like and people carry these stories they of course they don't believe it all but they play along and that's the fun wait I want to I want to see if we can actually um Grab a photo of, of the Piston King, just to to show everyone. That I think I, I here. Get it. I'll, I'll steal it can from you, their Instagram. Let me go to this fat boy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. We're allowed. We're allowed to pee on the show. <laughs> And uh, he referenced uh, to the fat boy thing because uh, I have a sign right over the the guest bathroom that says "Fat Boy Drive." Um, it's uh, it was so um, I'm just looking for for a photo of the Piston King while uh, while Marco does his thing. There we go. Found it. I'm downloading it, and I'll plug it in right now. Where are we? And thank you guys so much for uh, for tuning in to those that are tuning in live. It uh, it really does make uh, conversation uh, so dynamic having conversation with you guys and the guests at the same time. It's super cool. I'm gonna add the Piston King to this here. Sorry, you guys are seeing like the behind the scenes, basically of how I uh, I add these photos. There we go. So um, we'll wait. Uh, we'll wait for Marco to come back. But um, let me go through some of the comments. Um, I'm saying inside inside information. Some people met in Moto and got married too. Wow. I'm I'm gonna pin this uh, in this comment. Make sure uh, Marco sees it. Um, Maria and uh, MEI have saved my ass on so many occasions. Mega supportive from Romario. Shout out to, uh, to Maria and MEI and and Romario, uh, who's uh, who saved uh, our asses a bunch of times too. Um, 
Uh, Serge Lutfi saying, I think they have saved the whole local music scene on countless occasions. Absolutely. Uh, from Serge Lutfi. Um, Vivian uh, says, Halloween and Skeptic. Yeah, those two bands uh, I, have, uh, I have checked out. Um, loved Skeptic and Sam uh, Robinson. Uh, no, they were, they're saying um, the, the bands we missed out on. Yeah. Uh, Tamim saying... Halloween was awesome. Skeptic Halloween and Skeptic, yeah. Uh, Moto is the base cheers. Where everybody knows your name? Is that is that the kind of cheers? That <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have beer to cheers. <laughs> um, uh, Marco, you need to, you need fluffy sized doors though. Yeah, people complain about our doors. I've I've complained about the uh, the t-shirts because I can yeah. I can side hustle through the door. I don't mind that, but uh, I need I I need a big big boy t-shirt. You you saw the sign. Yeah, we need the uh, we need the double XLs. Or, we have to, uh, for we have to work on this. Yeah. Um, the greatest party spot I've ever been to was a filming studio above a tire shop. That sounds like it needs uh, needs more context, Mike. Let us know what uh, what the story is behind that. Um, uh, Marco's an amazing guy and his place is lit. Love this place. From uh, Rory. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where are we? Muhammad um, is saying, I still remember <coughs> being there for the first time. Uh, Marco, the place had that vibe in it. I have met amazing people there. Thank you, Marco, for making this happen. Uh, Thank Vivian you. says, uh, uh, not true. I can't remember what... Uh, oh, this is to you telling the stories. What? It's not true? Khaltamim <laughs> um, saying, I left my fucking ass off. He just goes on. Uh, the Polish guy. <laughs> no, it's just I'll probably have offended someone by saying that. I don't think someone so. From I Poland. Think everyone knows that. The the if you can't take it with you, a grain you, of salt, are you taking from this that the Polish people are not good with emails, with reading it, emails? Oh, that that could be. I did not mean this. <laughs> that at could all. be a way a way to take it, but I don't think so. Um, Alejandro saying, "Is that uh, another made up story?" They're they're all. Uh, they're all real. Yeah, um, they're all real. Uh, Ramari is saying, do you also have the tears of Khaled Tamimi in a jar? <laughs> Khaled's tears. But uh, we had uh, virgin tears in a uh, coffee, like our cold brew. Mm-hmm. I also made up a story. But it's more people you, you're comfortable with or you're familiar with. So you make up a story. And now those people who actually know you believe it. Mm-hmm. It's because they want to believe it. I remember the first time you told me, uh, I forgot if it was the glove or something. I was captivated for like, it must have been like I mean, 10 minutes. I mean, you get it and then it's like, no. But, it, it, the moment- but, but leading up until the, the reveal, I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my God, is this... You have how- to add a little drama and people <laughs> embrace it and they love it and they hug it really tight. Yeah, and it's, this is it's how become you, one of my favorite things. This is how people sell um, their, you know, the hashtags. Hashtagging is also telling a story or making up a lie. Yeah. Hashtag passion. Mm-hmm. Passion has died with the hashtag. Yeah. Because everybody's using it. Somebody puts money into something and then now it makes more money. I wouldn't call it passion. Mm-hmm. Handmade. So someone who pays a worker to weld something together and now he brings it back and now I sell it it's handmade by someone but not by me so I'm using it 
So I cannot. I don't know. It's, it's like lying and make up stories. So I'm making fun of that, and then people seem to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But people fall for it. Yeah. The moment I sell something with it's handmade, people believe it. It's homegrown, or it's uh, you know. Speak, speaking of all of that, um, I I put the Piston King uh, photo up here. Yeah. Tell us, uh, tell us the story of this guy. Hail to the Piston King. So the Piston King is just he's he's let's say he's a king. He's not a he's not a god or a prophet or something. He's just uh, a king, which cannot be explained that easy. A good friend of mine has actually the better word, so he wrote it down. Uh, basically, it's we the, the the age is unknown. It is thought it's about a few thousand years old. We mm-hmm. cannot tell. The material also cannot be. It cannot. We cannot say how old this actually is. I, I just cut so so they could see why we uh, we yeah. stuttered a bit. Um, this cat is always on on the table. Um, are you okay? I'm okay. Okay, cool. So yeah, we're back to the this thinking. So the Piston King is now has become an icon, has become a figure at Moto. So people come and bring uh, little gifts and then little beats, uh, just to show some respect to the to the king. And there's always a candle there. I, yeah, I, there's always a, every day from eight in the morning till ten in the evening. There's a candle and it's on, it's lit. So we take it seriously with the with the Piston King. And uh, I I don't know if I I'm remembering this wrong. Um, Azad, that's okay. Azad, Azad, huh? which means uh, like cheeky or or badass or something. No, yeah, but in like a bad way. Um, uh, I rem- did someone get it tattooed on them? Mm-mm. The sinking? Not that I know of, but I I really want one. I remember someone saying something about the Piston King tattoo. That's why I'm I'm asking. I wished I would buy this guy, whoever it is, two steaks and uh, <laughs> and coffee and whatever. You heard it here, guys. Get your uh, Piston King tattoo and get get free steak and coffee. Yeah, get it before me because I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Romario saying virgin tears, uh, pretty close to Khalid's, I guess. <laughs> Uh, Mike Angelo saying uh, the story behind the tire shop uh, was only the people in the music scene and a few writers knew about it it was a hidden gem uh, there were three separate rooms to it it was the last room uh, was the most hidden where people would explore their minds so to speak oh, it's that kind of that kind of spot um, Mike uh, speaking of uh, explore their minds have you uh, do you get sorry do you get uh, the Oh, why why don't you turn this into a bar? Yeah, every day I get it at least twice. Yeah, yeah. First of all, and then it was it's never been the plan to to own a bar or a pub. Um, second of all, it's it's really expensive. To have a license to serve alcohol is really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be worth it. So, the moment I have a license to pay for, I have to reach out to everyone. Yeah. Right now, I can tell you that you don't like my stuff. Just go somewhere else. But the moment I have to pay for the fees, um, I have to reach out to everyone and make everyone happy and come back. Yeah. So that's when it, the shop would lose its its character. Mm-hmm. The moment I'm just the moment I have beer on a table, I might be just one of the venues in Dubai. That happens to the places 
like coffee shops, but even even in bars and pubs, they're all kind of similar. The crowd is similar. You cannot pick and choose in, yeah. in a big city like Dubai because you have the cost size, or now you have to kind of reach out to everyone. I don't. We're in a warehouse. We have four or five things going on. I think beer or alcohol itself would not help. Yeah, and I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a thing you you've noticed, but I feel like for the longest time, at least while I was in uh, in Dubai, um, I couldn't find anyone that would want to meet without alcohol. No, there's always you meet and you 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 have a beer. Our place closes at 10 at night. Yeah. So now there's lots of bikers coming. So I don't drink and ride. Mm-hmm. So why would I inspire bikers to come? And now when you take off with your bike, say, come on, before you go, have another beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I could not. Yeah. I could not. The other thing is I've experienced with the music. There's a difference when I go to I go to a, a bar with live music, with, with a live band. After five or six pints, you know, the music is just there. Yeah. I don't, I don't really listen to it. But when it comes to moto, we have gigs, people that actually come to hear the gig yeah or musicians come and meet to actually talk mm-hmm. it's always good to have a have a drink uh, when you talk music but it's also times you being serious and i think you have a coffee and something to eat makes yeah. you makes you talk on a certain level which i find more serious than hey, let's go grab a beer yes you do that but sometimes it's also good to be sober yeah when you talk stuff Yeah, yeah, 100%. Listening to music, uh, the concerts, I listened to each and every concert and I, 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 I was aware of what's happening. Yeah. There's other bars I like to go to and I like to have a beer, but it's just, it's just the atmosphere. It's not really that one song I want to hear. It's the atmosphere I enjoy. It's, very, it's definitely very different uh, seeing a show at Moto versus like you know, getting smashed and partying at a, at a I bar. I mean, we close at 10. Moto is a place in between. Yeah. It's either between work and home or uh, it's between home and nightclub. Mm-hmm. Now you can leave your house, have a dinner, and now you go to a party and get drunk. Or you, on your way home, you stop and have a coffee after work and then you go home. Or in the morning from home, you have breakfast, then you go to work. So Yeah, yeah. Or, or for, in my case, we go uh, for work. Yeah, or meetings forward, there, yeah. yeah, meetings, and that's beautiful. That uh, people actually come there to have meetings. They don't come for the music. No, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. They have meetings, like a desert experiment. Mm-hmm. I was surprised they came to Moto to sit there and discuss the event. Yeah, I was honored. I was like a bit proud as well. Well, Gorgon's uh, Gorgon's been eyeing that stage for a while. Shout out to uh, to Gorgon and Desert Experiment. Yeah, um, his. Uh, He's, he's obsessed with uh, with moto I would and, I would uh, love him I would love them to to play uh, the stage but I think it would be a bit different not the stage itself but do, do you think the um, the addition of the stage uh, brought in more of the the music crowd as well I think Bulfonsu Assad did that step for me yeah he's, he was my introduction to moto for sure so he Uh, he came there he was hanging out and he kind of felt the vibe and he liked it and he kept coming but you could see him so something more could be done he would like be there 
hang out but also want to do something he wants to play music or he wants to he wants to push something he was a big push for that stage yeah so the extension came for his concert but there's a constant come on do this or why don't you do that and then this should be done better he's one of the people i've met that pushed us doing things we didn't even think of because we didn't know yeah i'm not a musician myself i wouldn't know i've built stages and stuff and light for for concerts but i never had a shop like this and then but he was a good inspiration and that's why we had bands after him playing because now we had the space yeah. i remember khan and khan is a, is a big guy you know and you had a band with i think it was five people yeah i think it's was, six total maybe. was really really close to one and when i look at pictures today yeah it's really close and tight so when they played later on on the bigger stage it was completely different yeah that's the one i saw yeah i saw that that time the second time they played yeah. the there was the first time i was gone it was opening day so i didn't realize much because i was too excited yeah but uh, i liked the second better that's very cool like swingali seeing seeing what you guys play i'm not sure if your your crowd your following would go to a coffee shop that's actually to, to listen to you a discussion we've had uh, within the band and within the, the the metal scene in general um i would love nothing more than to have uh, a place where where all ages can come a place that doesn't necessarily have to be 21 and over or a, a place that n not everyone's uh, main objective is to get hammered um but it is that's why i was telling you it was it's it's almost hardwired into the culture yeah, like it's the culture yeah you, you you go out you you drink and you watch a show and then you go home and you try to do as, as many shots as possible to, within that period of time of this three sets or whatever it is but um we were we were talking about uh just as uh, outside of uh moto and and the fact that there's no alcohol just an all ages show that doesn't happen i think the problem here is when when you meet kids they're like 16 18 and they can't go to places they yeah. can't play music yeah. or listen to music because they're too young yeah so we've had a dude that was uh, sat outside one of the shows and uh, and he asked us he's like can can you guys get me in i really want to watch the band and i was like dude honestly if we do and it gets back to us it's a it's a yeah. bad night for us for the yeah. venue for everything um but thank you so much for for coming out he's like you know what i'm gonna try and I'm going to sit out here until you guys finish. If you guys finish and come back out, just bring me a t-shirt. Yeah. And if not, I'll buy one from, from the merch table. And I was like, like, it breaks my heart. Like, I just, I want you to watch the show. Like when I was 18, when I was 16, we were going to all ages shows. We could, yeah. we could see that stuff, but there, there isn't that vibe here. And the only time I saw it was, was at Moto. you know, like when Bofeng Zhu was playing, uh, they had that clip on, on the Moto Instagram page. Mm them singing and and he uh, uh he um asad uh, points the mic into the crowd for them to sing and you could just see all ages yeah and then all singing and, uh, along. everyone everyone from different backgrounds everyone from all over the place everyone singing the same line and that's one of my favorite clips of all and time. there were kids like the freddy the kid in that special in that one particular uh scene yeah it was a kid was at 17 back then yeah See a blonde kid, long exactly hair. front row, yeah, and singing along. Exactly, and I just love that. That's why that, that clip always sticks in my mind because I, I just love that clip. I mean, this is a bit of culture. We, we live here, and we have to follow certain rules. When you're 16, you cannot go to bars. Yeah, you have to be 21 here. 21, yeah. So we cannot change that. But sometimes, one or two places with no alcohol, one or two places more, more than motor 
should be there for those who are young yeah. to grow into whatever scene it will be. Yeah. And it was an idea maybe to push that for younger people. That's why we had young people play on weekends. Yeah. People that cannot play in certain bars because they're not 21 yet. Yeah, I saw there, there was a, a duo, um, uh, a drummer and um, a guitarist and vocalist. Did we had a um, losing party. And then, no, losing not the, party not the losing party in Temple This is the duo I know. I forgot who I saw there. Um, but it, it was it was uh, it was a, a younger band. I saw them there for the first time. I was like, oh shit, where do you guys play? And they're like, here, Celtic. <laughs> was I, that Skeptic? No, you probably talked. Uh, you mean? Uh, I think he was the like, Fallen. Yes, the Fallen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Fallen. That was the kid you saw in the video. Yes, Freddy the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think the Fallen was he was 18. If I'm not wrong. Yeah, he's one of the 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 talents in Dubai but he kind of he had to kind of sneak in here sneak in there so he was allowed to play or to listen yeah. to, to music I think it must be hard yeah. now he's back in England and he's like going anywhere and there's music yeah yeah but as a, as a you literally gave him a stage like the, the Moto gave him a, a stage for, for his time yeah here. but it was amazing. there was also people like Abu that looked after those kids yeah but um, I think there was problems with bars where there was alcohol or restaurants where there was alcohol mm-hmm. they have also age restriction yeah yeah 100% so, that that uh, that'd be uh, something interesting to talk to Abo about uh, on part two as well because we didn't we didn't dive into the idea of uh, I don't know how he handled it but he also dealt with these kind of problems yeah so he wants to support someone but he's not they're not allowed to come in yeah even though they don't drink anything but they're not allowed Yeah, I remember we discussed at one point back in the day, like, why don't they just make, you know, those wristbands, like red, mm. you don't drink, green, you drink, or I think whatever. it's all possible, but it's it's hard to get there. Yeah, yeah. Jump into the comments real quick. Um, where is it? Uh, Serge Lutfi, I was going to get the Piston King tattooed, uh, red sent the new file. So maybe that's where I heard it. Serge, you're going to get it. That's, uh, that's, okay. He's, he's not going to do it. Oh, Serge, you can do it. Uh, if you are, you get two. St- what was it? Two steaks and a and coffee. Yeah, and a coffee. All right. Khalid uh, Tamimi, two words tattooed, and I guess I get steaks and coffee on the house. I don't think the words. I think uh, you got to get no the piston king's face. The, f- the figure, like you got to get the. Uh, Serge Lutfi says, um, "Oh, then Corona happened, so so he was supposed to get it now." I believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'd love Serge to come back with uh, with the tattoo. I want Serge if you do this before you go to Moto, before you show Marco anything, on me so we can document it on video. <laughs> I want it. I want a, a firsthand uh, shot at this. Um, Mike Angelo saying, "Here's a true story. Knocking on uh, doors uh, began when someone thought I'll punch this door till someone comes to it." Is that real? No, that's real. That's weird. You're you're full of um, very strange uh, tidbits today, Mike. He's also saying, uh, I will also add uh, about the tire shop, uh, a lot of celebrities would come in, so it's safe to say no cameras and no cell phones. Uh, yeah, 100%. That's actually another thing um, I, I noticed at Moto. Not not a lot of people are uh, are doing the, the selfie thing. Uh, you see that everywhere else you go. Yeah, 
it's it started in the beginning that oh it's a nice place and then no taking photos of the space is different but i mean like no we thing. we atara and i went to a um a breakfasty type restaurant uh, no recently. people don't want to be seen in 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 the rough environment they want to be seen as something posh because back home people should think oh they're living the life mm-hmm. it's a selfie for it and something like a hotel lobby you don't you don't buy anything in there just go through the lobby to get somewhere just you in that environment yeah i have that point. little yeah you know that well, makes you do you, that pretty well that makes you look good right <laughs> Yeah, that golden something or a big painting in the background. Yeah, but in a restaurant, this is that's why it's stuck in my mind because it, it's okay. You're sitting across from each other. There's two plates of food. You physically have to turn around to get the, you the food and and the person you're sitting across in a restaurant. It's important these days to. I mean, I see once in a while I see uh, food. But people take a photo like breakfast mm-hmm. or breakfast at Moto. You know, I see and appreciate it. But it's more, yeah, these kind of photos, not so much the selfies. You're right. Yeah, I, I, I've seen, yeah, and I've done it myself. I've taken photos of the space. I've I think it's not photos. fancy enough to be in the photo. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think it's, it's the pre- just being there, being present. I like that. I like that about uh, about mode. It's just one of those things. I, I remember looking around and like, just like hours ago, I was but somewhere but else. I, but again, the the crowd is a bit different. So I have actually a problem. So people come tomorrow, they love it. Mm-hmm. So they would not tell anyone. You get it? Oh, so it doesn't. There, they don't there, ruin it? There's people they come alone on purpose. Now at Moto, they found. Let's, let's say they made friends. Mm-hmm. It's a certain kind of environment now that's new to them, and they enjoy it. So they would not share it with colleagues or family. That's the place they want to go. Mm-hmm. They have other places they go with their friends, but. But most is a place they want to share. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird it's, place. It, it, yeah, it's weird to say like, yeah, come on, you, you have to tell people about the place. I actually enjoy it that yeah. not everybody comes and yeah. everybody is filling up the space. But sometimes you think, damn it, is that right? Yeah. Somebody loves the place but doesn't want to share it. It's it's weird. I relate it back to music because like I remember, um, you know, when when like you find the band or. Or you like this weird underground local band, and then they get signed, and that's when you think, "Oh, now everyone knows them. There, it's gonna get, it's gonna get weird. They're gonna sell out." Yeah. Um, but even though the band is still the same, they're writing the same music. It's just the idea of it reaches more people, scares yeah. scares the the uh, the. It's precious to you. Like this is my space, my band, my. But it's also musicians talk. There's a bit envy in to me. Yeah. Sometimes there's a bit envy when musicians talk about Metallica and how they sold out and like, come on. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of envy in it, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. I I completely agree. I'm I'm one with the. I I think, you know, if if a band isn't necessarily doing something they don't want to do, uh, that's that's selling out. If but they're if, doing something yeah. to sell, but if they just got signed, I mean, like if Moto all of a sudden. Starts starts doing a, what's that a swirly? If it becomes a hotspot where people stand in line to get in, people wait outside for two hours to get us. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I exactly. Wouldn't mind, but we, we we would still try and stay the same. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. If 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 there's a line outside, but yours is exactly the same, it's fine. But if as long if you uh, if you start uh, wearing a suit and greeting people on a podium, yeah, yeah. that'll change things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but this is what happens in Dubai, unfortunately. 
the guests, the, the, the customers, they walk in and they always want to talk to the manager. There is no owner. So Dubai is a place where you have a, a, a business because you have money, right? So the owner is probably working in a bank and he has a staff there. So the staff is always concerned not to get in trouble. Yeah. And they always want to have customers come back. They have a certain uh, turnover to bring. There's always like this pressure. Yeah. An employee has to work, 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 be nice, be nice, be nice. And now they are nice to everyone who walks in. So, uh, like with me, I never did that in my my people that work with me don't do that they're nice to you they respect you but they're really nice to you once they know you yeah and that also brings uh, people back to a place where people respect you and you respect them for that but most places don't don't, don't have that feel so now places change six months this place is the coolest place in Dubai but after six months now they see how to make money uh, can we have a kids chair so we don't have a, you know, next week. But can we can we have t toys? Why don't you have toys for kids? So make it more family friendly. Yeah. Next week they have they have it. Uh, can you warm up a breast milk? They do it because it's like all for business. But the, the place changed completely. Now they make money, but it's not what they. It's not what their original vision was. It's not what their name says. Yeah. It's not what their logo says. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not what their punchline says. It's just, yeah. 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 It's uh yeah, I think I think the the idea of sticking to your guns being the the blessing and the curse. Yeah, it is a yeah, but it makes you feel good about yourself. 100%. As long as you you're you know you're 100% doing the thing you want to do um and the way you want to do it. I think it's that that to me is like when uh, your music not everybody likes it. Not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. It's your music, yeah. but you have a certain crowd that follows you. They don't just follow you; they follow similar bands. Yeah, but that's that's a scene, that's a community, mm -hmm. and that's what you want. That's why you do it, right? Yeah. You and if if I start belting out like uh, like uh, Post Malone anytime soon, <laughs> they'll uh, they'll see through the bullshit. They'll they'll see it. Yeah. The, the, it might it might reach more people, like you're saying. It might get the the numbers up. But uh, it won't be honest, and it won't be there. There won't be it won't people be coming back. It won't be you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Khal Tamim says, by the way, Adnan, uh, he he was one of the kids who came to one of the shows and waited outside the music room. Um, Talking about uh, Billy the Kid, Billy Freddie Barker, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was Freddie the Kid. Yeah. So so I might have been remembering. Uh, I might you, have been you know him. You, story. you know him definitely. Yeah. Uh, Serge Serge Lutfi says I don't eat meat, so if he gets the piston king tattooed, we need uh, we need a. I uh, give him two uh, avocado <laughs> on toast. You, you have options, Serge. You uh, you're, you're not going to be left behind. That's for sure. Uh, Sandy saying that's how it is in the U.S. If you're under 21, you get an X on your hand. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I've I've been to, to a couple of shows in the U.S. and I've saw, seen that. Uh, take place it's um it, it sounds like a very simple thing but i think the liability of it is is what's really stopping people from doing an, an all-ages show uh so Lutzby says uh, you know i have a collection of skulls on my right leg and i'm sure i told you marco that i wanted to get the king on my yes leg. you told me we were sitting but i didn't believe you i still don't do 
um mike angela saying in canada you can drink at 19 and it's 18 if you want to take a road trip to quebec uh yeah i think i think in the uk it's even younger might be 16 in the uk uh, Abel is saying it's a longer story but like i mentioned in my interview most of my events were in family restaurants and uh, anyone underage i took responsibility and was their family for the night the management were okay with uh, that once i said i would take the the fall if something happened yeah but luckily yeah. nothing has happened yeah uh, but you took a lot of risk and then effort to to make things happen yeah 100 yeah, so Abu was a was a god to many. If you if you listen to the kids I met, it was always like Abu. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Always, so Abu was always always there. So you did all that for for those who for the scene for the scene, but also beginners, people yeah. that just started yeah. to to learn. You took them out of their room and give them a stage. Hundred percent. We're uh, uh, we're trying to convince him to. He has a lot of footage and a lot of uh, a lot of the history of, of everything he did. We're trying to convince him to make the documentary now. He should because I think that hasn't been done before. Is it? This is a city of three million people, and not much is being done for for kids, for youth. You know, uh, everything is a bit yeah rough when you get older. Exhibits, everything is uh, available and accessible when you over twenty one. Yeah. But what about those who are 21 and then want to get in there? Yeah. Alcohol, smoking, uh, women, you know, this yeah, nightlife yeah. experience. But there's nothing for those who don't appreciate that. Yeah, it's true. Very true. So there should be more uh, done for kids. They are 16, talented, 18. Because there's many that just stop. They just stop. They learn it. They're good at it, but... They didn't have the stage to practice on. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Abel. And if you guys, um, if you guys haven't checked it out, check out episode forty-six with uh, with Abel. And it's a good, uh, good hefty five hours of uh, stories. And we still need a part two. He didn't even tell most of the stories. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even get to any of the questions. Um, Mike Angelo says uh, I'll go there and take a selfie on my left nipple. Never understood the selfies thing. Uh, yeah, I, I that would be uh, interesting to see. Um, someone take a selfie of the nipple. Um, yeah, your cat has a double chin. At uh, your cat has got a double chin. Yeah, he's um he's a he's a chonker, as we like to call him. He's pretty uh pretty hefty. Um, Mike saying you fucking rock, Abel. I shout out to Abel. Um, P.S. This is from Abel. Sorry, I missed the opening night, but at least I played a fair few evenings there. Uh, when it was just you and me, Marco, kind of preferred it that way anyway. Yeah, that was before the opening. So I became once, uh, I think once a week, and he had a, a stream for, for his people, for his mm-hmm. fans, a live stream. Would have the camera and just play his songs. We need, I should, we, we need to discuss live streaming, you and I. We could live stream a full event. Yeah. I've I've gotten I've gotten better at it. We have yeah. <laughs> we've tried it, but I'm not I'm not the person who's good at this. I need someone to do it. I'll uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll. So Abu was also like setting up a camera here, camera there, upstairs. You had to walk upstairs, click, come back and start. You know. Yeah. But there was nobody there, so it was uh, old show. Yeah. I I want to I want to see that. I I'll, I'll look for that footage. I think it'll, it'll probably be on Abu's page, right? Yeah. 
um rudy is in the house what's up tribe moton adnan rudy you're tuning in late man uh, thank you thank you for tuning in though um marcella says uh, i took a guitar and started playing uh, la bamba when uh, alone with marco his face <laughs> mutated to the exorcist and he took the guitar from me uh, he's so kind uh, that still allows me to get into his moto thank he's you marco sweetheart. that's funny um surge just says ass okay <laughs> Um, I will gladly accept the stakes on your behalf from from Khaled Tamimi. Marcel says, uh, "Wonder that next business uh, would be tattoos." Oh, that would be interesting. Uh, Moto kind of has the. So this is the second the vibe. second uh, question after do you have beer? Why don't you have tattoo? Yeah, that, that's always the second question. Yeah. What's the what's the what's the like top five? So why why no beer? Is there a tattoo shop? Um. The doors too small. The doors are too small. Yeah, why don't you have bigger doors? Why don't you have a signboard? That's that, yeah, that's always there. The signboard, the doors, the beer, and tattoo shop. Yeah, that's uh, the, the signboard. The signboard, like I said, I, I I fell into that. But now now that I know the place, I can't imagine there being a signboard. Yeah, like it turn left for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's also the city. Everything is per- perfect about the city. Yeah. So there's uh, I have to have a certain sign that says the name of the company, you know, the the address of the company. This has to be there, but, but everything also has to be. There's rules, and people will follow it. And Dubai does everything like perfect. So usually on the roadside, you would find something really, really easy. Everything is, I mean, forget about uh, internet. You have maps and everything. Yeah. So. People are not really used to to find the place on their own. It yeah. must be on the phone. So if people standing outside on the road, it's like 20 meters they have to walk. No, no, they call me. I can find it. Yeah. 20 meters. Because they look for something obvious, like a huge Las Vegas signboard. Or they want to look into a window where they see people drinking coffee. They're, I say, don't look for the obvious. Yeah. Go the opposite. It's just the, the two slim yeah. doors, and but the, Dubai, once you walk in, you see. Dubai the has that, so it's obvious. Everything is obvious and then easy to reach. Was this like? Um, Which is a good thing, but it makes people lazy to look for the actual place for for it, something. This like anti. It's not anti-establishment, but this um, against the grain uh, vibe. Yeah, that's. W- was this something you, you you've always had? Like, is, this is something. It's been. Uh, no, I've, I've definitely had that in me, but it was not really intended. It was like not having a signboard is also one other reason. Uh, it's the money. Yeah, of course. So having a signboard in a big city like Dubai costs you money. You cannot just put your sign up uh, on a main road. So we don't have that money. So we said we don't need a signboard. Yeah. You know that's one reason. But it, it's it's like like I said it's it it's attracting. Uh, a whole different set of people instead of like deterring people from yeah. showing up yeah. very very cool and um i'm i'm gonna uh we're gonna wind down uh, uh at the end of uh, at the end of these uh, these comments guys so if you have any questions uh, for marco plug him in uh, the comments right now the comments hole is uh, is closed it just gets weirder the more i describe it the comments hole is closed but, um, the hole is closed. Yeah, the hole is closed. But uh, do do put them in the regular uh, comments section. 
uh, and and we'll get to them um uh where were we um where we might get that double chin uh, after a while from michelangelo be saying it's basically taking a picture of yourself at an angle whilst pulling a duck face uh that's that's serge uh mm. explaining what a what a selfie is uh, katie says uh, even the cats in moto got character yeah we have we've got two you got two cats yeah what are the names one is there there's a mystery cat mm-hmm. or misty and simon simon that's a good name we we had uh we had a a, a stray uh outside our, our place we called it dirty dirty that could be dirty pussy <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't uh, call it out loud right no we would just say dirty oh dirty Sorry when for you that. look for your cat, dirty that, pussy. Yeah, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> Shouting it out. Uh, apologies for the dad joke, but uh, but that that's the kind of stuff that makes me laugh now. Uh, at this at this point in my life, um, Altamim says honestly, I hope Moto stays the way it is. Uh, Customer wise, the people that go there are real. Uh, obviously, wish uh, Marco and the team continue growth and success with the essence of the place maintained. Thanks, 100%. man. Thanks. As Serge Lutfi says, you should add schnitzel to it. We had it as menu, uh, as, a, as a menu addition, as a special once in a while, but didn't go as well as we thought. Mm-hmm. It's also sometimes there's a good idea like schnitzel, you would assume people want it. No, no. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody yeah. cares for schnitzel. Is it weird trying to, trying to uh, you get excited about something and, and yeah, try yeah. to see if people actually enjoy so it? So you get excited, for example, schnitzel. Oh. I'm gonna make a post tomorrow and everybody comes to have a schnitzel and everybody's like oh, it's okay <laughs> like oh yeah and sometimes something you don't really like like um, sweet fries sweet mm. potato fries so Frank ordered everything for the for the barbecue the, the very first barbecue we did and then I saw damn Frank f- sweet fries seriously and he's like yeah I was really not not mad at Frank but I thought that's the wrong decision, right? Yeah. You will see. Nobody likes it. I was so wrong. Everybody loved it. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> so he made the best decision ever, and I thought it was completely wrong. Yeah. But ever since, we have sweet potato fries, and people still love it. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that. So I was totally... I was I had the opinion it's not going to work. Yeah. Who wants sweet potato fries? But that's the beauty, right? Everybody is that you get, to, you get to shoot and miss and shoot yeah, and, yeah. and hit that's at, fun, at different actually, times. Yeah. yeah. Um... Uh, there's kitties in the shop. Fucking love it from from Michelangelo. Yeah, man, you you need to get in here, uh, get get to Dubai and, and check it out. Um, uh, he says, brother, chains or belts or bikes? Uh, we make everything now, right as we, as we speak. Uh, in the shop, we have two bikes. We made uh, belts into chains. As I prefer chains because it's. It's more rugged. It's more you feel it mm-hmm. when you shift gear or when you start at the signal. You, you, there's a better transmission to mm-hmm. me. A belt makes it right softer, mm-hmm. so the belt expands and everything gets a bit softer from gear to gear. So we, we prefer uh, chain chains. Hopefully that uh, that answers your question, Rick. Um, Rudy says, Moto, uh, can you ask Adnan to show us all his tattoos, please? Sure, please. <laughs> uh, Rudy, Rudy's been uh, trying to get me to take my shirt off on stream for, for a while now. But um, 
But Rudy, if I get the the Piston King tattooed, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll I'll show that, and then we'll get free steak. I can split it with you. Uh, and a coffee. And a coffee, yeah, two two free steaks and a coffee. Um, he also says, and tell us uh, what you think about Adnan's tattoos. Well, I'm I'm not stripping for for Marco here, guys. Come on. Um, Serge says, uh, I always only order the sweet potato fries. Yeah, so that's like that. That's one of Serge's go-to things that you weren't even gonna put on the yeah yeah <laughs> on the the menu. Um, I pinned this so I could show it to you um, before inside information. Some people met in Moto and got married. Yeah, yeah. Assad and Red. Yeah. For example. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I that slipped my mind as well. They they definitely met there. Yeah. Very cool. Um. So I, get, I have uh, I have one last question for you. Yeah. Uh, before uh, before I let you go, but now that you've been through this, first of all, before this last question, what's the 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 future for uh, for Moto? What do you have in the pipeline? That was a question that we uh, we pinned for later from the from the comments. Uh, what's the future? The future is just to be better and a bit bigger anything specific in the pipeline like that you guys are, are working on that you can talk about now definitely events mm-hmm. uh, we need a, an additional we need an additional license we want to grow yeah we want to grow community uh, connect more people we want to be just we want to reach further mm-hmm. that's that's motor is done the way it is it's done but now we need to make it work yeah so there's a handful of people now that got together, but we need we need to do more. We want to be part of it. We don't want to be the first that do something never done before. Yeah. We want to be part of it, and we want to be part of the growth. Like post COVID, something's going to happen. Something has to happen when it comes to music, and we just want to be there when it happens. Yeah. Like you cannot do it alone, or we cannot uh, create something. No we can only be part of it yeah. but we need people like you real musicians that actually make music and take a standard and lift it up we need people that do the music do the entertainment but we also need people like me to provide a venue but we need more than just moto yeah. we need 25 motos then we can grow a culture then we can grow a music community Otherwise, we, we we stuck at what we had before COVID. Yeah, it was nice. Don't get me wrong; it's nice, but it's always been the same. Yeah, it's always been just a few people that really, really meant uh, when it comes to music. They really meant what they said or did. So we need more. Okay. Just want to be part of it, and then do do you uh, do you see this particular space? Uh, being more event heavy or you think yeah definitely yeah. you're seeing more events we want to focus on I want to focus my, myself I want to focus on nice builds you know uh, the barbershop I want to reach out to more when it comes to classic barbershops mm-hmm. we also think we have something special there with the two barbers we have right now the Mexicans yeah Frida and Mike they're doing an excellent job and uh, by the way, guys, uh, Moto Barber has uh, has their own uh, Instagram page that I think you guys should check out. It's fucking Moto Barbers, st- yeah, yeah, aesthetically pleasing, and and you get to check out some. some it's actual art, like it's artistic. The I, I follow and I, I'm watching. It's, it's classic. So yeah. there's 
It's old school. Everything is really classic. They do. I love the aesthetic, like the 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 old school barbershop. We also don't want to go with a trend. We want to offer something that has been there, it has been good. Yeah. Why change it? Just yeah. keep something that has been good. So that we want to do more. We want to do like workshops, mm-hmm. not just having clients in. No, it's also connecting with other barbershops, with other barbers, mm-hmm. do workshops. This is, I think, my main thing. Yeah to connect others but we also connect with others so we bring others in I have good relations with amazing bike builders for example I'm too young to, to be part of it but I want to be one day I want to be part of it the barbershops the same there are many barbershops they're really really good and they're established and we are really new but we want to be part of the growth yeah food and coffee the same thing yeah we just want to grow and be part of it that's that's the future I guess yeah amazing well good luck to that man I, I think um, one of the places like I said in a sea of, uh, of franchises in a sea of, of uh, Las Vegas uh, post signs and boards and a click here to yeah. download free and stuff uh, it's very um, fucking refreshing to, to have a place that's as, uh, as true to uh, itself as true to yourself and it's just honest as fuck and go, Thank you, man. go or, order your coffee sit down if you if you like it you like it if you don't get yeah, out of here exactly <laughs> that's that's um the best um khaltamim saying um for your information marker i'm wearing uh, my moto hat right now uh, only my moto hat yeah but he he he's only in his moto hat oh yeah I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just i just i just saw it uh, uh, he said uh, Rudy saying I've been trying to make you uh, take your shirt off since episode 11 yeah man um, it'll it'll ha- maybe maybe episode 100 I'll uh, maybe episode 100 we'll, we'll make a poll and you'll yeah, see 100 uh, show make it special yeah we'll uh, we'll do a, a shirt oh, off you have, to, you have to take a tape off your nipples before yeah because we don't want to get flagged as well <laughs> um yeah, man. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, jump to the last thing. I always end with this question because I think it's very interesting to to hear the different reactions of everyone. Now that you've been through the the journey that you've that you've been through, from electrical engineering, um, moving to Dubai, uh, you know the job, ev- everything you've you've learned along the way up until this very point. If you had a time machine and you can go back in time and and talk to Marco just before uh, leaving Germany just before you you went on this adventure what's the one piece of advice you'd give your younger self i wouldn't change anything about that i would go further back and probably when i was 16 Mm -hmm. and i would tell myself to learn how to play guitar Mm -hmm. to be actual part of the music scene in dubai that makes sense yeah this is one thing i i i uh miss mm-hmm. I had a chance to hang out I, w- I was hanging out with kids there musicians so, but I didn't learn to play guitar this is something I regret what what stopped you from learning it I was well, it was not I loved music I used to hang out with musicians but you drink beer you get a little drunk so you're not like I wasn't focused mm-hmm. I was not focused but now seeing people and appreciating people that actually know how to play 
music. They, they make music mm-hmm. with that little thing here. Uh, I, I really admire that. I didn't ever before, but since Moto, since I met people like you or Asad or musicians that actually create something that's called music. First of all, thank you for putting uh, what I do and Asad in the same sentence. No, you, that, that guy's a... That guy's a no, uh, but you, you do different things. Yeah. Like, it's a different style, but you make music, he makes music. Uh, 16 years old, who's starting to write his first songs... I have respect for him as well. He yeah. does music. Yeah. He's not there where you guys are yet, but Yeah. But this I didn't I didn't ever have. And you don't think you can uh, you can pick up a guitar? No, I've tried and doodle. I also gave up. Yeah. But uh I think I had a good time back then mm-hmm. and I should should have used it. Mm-hmm. Looking That's at cool. the music, I would learn how to play guitar. Awesome. That's a great uh, that's a great answer. And I think I think for whatever it's worth I, I think if you pick up an acoustic guitar and and do half an hour or one hour a day that'll I've, I've had a face and I've tried it but I couldn't I no couldn't. <laughs> well you're doing plenty for, for the scene as it is uh, just with the space and with everything you're providing and uh, the stage and, and just the, the community that you've built so um, that makes up for uh, for the lack of uh, lack of guitar licks that we're getting from Marco right now yeah it would be nice anyway <laughs> um Thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, please do check out uh, Moto on on Instagram and, uh, and Facebook and uh, show him some love. And if you're in Dubai, make sure you uh, you head over there. Uh, don't be a dick. Order coffee. Check out the space. Uh, listen to the careless whisper and uh, and and enjoy enjoy the the space. If um, if you guys need a, uh, a haircut, the barber there cannot be uh, recommended anymore. It's uh, it's one of the coolest spots. And I think, um, yeah, I think I think you guys uh, you guys will seriously enjoy. It. It's it's a community, like, you know. I call you guys the tribe. It's a community that's uh, that's as tight knit as the as the tribe, and supports uh, music and supports supports arts and the art. There's an art gallery we didn't even mention. You you put, yeah, it's a small gallery. So I know, but it, like the uh, it, you go out of your way to support uh, the local scene, the local art scene in general, and not just music. So it's something that. Um, that we need to uh, we need to I think you guys would love so make sure if you are if you are in the UAE head to Moto there the Instagram handles right uh, where Marco is right now it's Moto Dubai and uh, Moto Barber for, for the barbershop and uh, man thank you for, for hanging out and no thank you chat. thanks for having me it's, it's been fun. a lot of fun very insightful the, the mysterious um, it's not that mysterious Marco no but, but I told you at the beginning of the show everyone was like how'd you get Marco <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I think the uh, I, I think th- this uh, episode, at least, will uh, will give a lot of people insight into your 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 world. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, dude. And um, guys, I'll catch you on what's today? Today is Saturday. On Monday, I'll catch you on Monday uh, with with another guest. I'll announce tomorrow. Uh, Marco, if you could do the honors and say, uh, hit the outro. Hit the what? Hit the outro. Hit the outro.